Your freedom does not give you freedom to encroach upon other people's freedom. Something like that. Yeah, like you see those like little pie square or the uh, little pie going around where like people have like cut the like the pie in the middle in a triangle. And it's like you could cut the pie this way, but like now you've ruined everyone else's pie slice by being a dick. Um, it, it feels like it just goes well with the caption of you woke up today and chose violence. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, speaking of waking up today and choosing violence, Wallord Joel is here and he chooses violence every day as far as I know. <laughs> I'm expecting big things here, he says. So pressure's on for our uh -oh. expert panels. You guys ready to deliver? Yeah, let's do it up. Yeah, let's do it up. All right. What's up, chat gang? I am, of course, the magical Mr. Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. I am joined tonight by two proclaimed-by-me experts on Orc Warclans. <laughs> Got Vanilla Sauce rocking in the middle of the screen below me and off to my left. Uh, Karnith, how's it going, gentlemen? I'm good. Doing well. Right on, right on. And uh, this is, of course, The Great Enhancening, the ongoing series to enhancenate artifacts. And I, I think, Karnath, you were mentioning you might have some some other enhancements that you have enhancenated, perhaps, for tonight. Right on. So, um, if you're not familiar, this is an ongoing series I've been doing uh, based on an episode of Rantcast I did with Vince Venturella last summer, uh, where we kind of went through and talked about like generic artifacts and just kind of rules of design in general. And, you know, a few months later, and suddenly we were like, you know, why don't we just do this for, for each faction? My, to lay my cards on the table, my agenda is pretty plain and simple. Um, I think passion should drive, uh, like, games and anything along those lines. And sometimes you read an artifact and you're like, the person who wrote this didn't give a crap about this army. I would take a fan-made interesting artifact nine times out of ten over a generic plus one to hit so that's my agenda but i, I go ahead the what's that i think we've got one of those where they don't give a crap in the book <laughs> you think so yeah um <laughs> but but like that's my agenda that's that's my point of view and i think it's also worth highlighting that in in design people have different points of view and how they approach it so i'm going to ask you gentlemen like kind of your own point of view how you approach your artifacts when we when we kind of get in this tonight so i might as well start with you karnath um so what was your approach to enhancing some auric war clans abilities and if you want to kind of give a little backfill on your experience with with war clans you know what makes you kind of passionate about the army sure sure so um so i've been a war clan player since uh since the uh the start of time uh, aka before the ghb uh when um when the, I dark Sigma... <laughs> really? the, dar the, the dark ages the dark ages the before uh, times yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the before time so uh, at the time uh, i was going to play high elves and i was really sad that kind of some of the high elf range was just really hard to get and um uh what spy that was like what spire of dawn we're really going back uh r.i.p skaven models yeah you're getting like obsessed uh, with white lions models and not being able to find them yeah. anywhere like yeah. yeah yeah like white lion chariot where the hell is this thing like this thing looks so cool yeah and so um it was around the time of my birthday that uh they had previewed iron jaws and i saw the brutes and i'm like I, I know what army i want this is it and uh and i, I just kind of waffled a bit if i wanted to get it or not and um my friends had talked with my father and got me uh, the start collecting. And then my friends got me like a brutes box. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm in. <laughs> and so um, they've always been the army I can fall back to. And so um, whenever I like, like I, I run other armies, I'm like, all right, uh, big Slanesh player, but you know, 
uh, when Slanesh was too oppressive, I went back to orcs because they were still strong, but they were a bit of a better fair fight. They, they weren't, what, double fighting, uh, do like 18 mortal wound keeper secrets. They yeah, were, like activating your whole army yeah. before I activate one of my units, like that level of oppression. Um, right. Also the counter to those overpowered Slanesh. Oh, yeah, because how smashing and bashing worked. Trust me, yeah. I for your whole army in one go. Yeah, so... Fair. Um, <laughs> yeah. My, my first test game with that Slanesh book was against uh, our store manager, and uh, he brought his Iron Jaws out. And with with his brutes, he almost killed Hellstriders and would have activated the Maw Crusher into my Keeper of Secrets, who had made him fight last. <laughs> and uh, he didn't get it, and then I spiked the Maw Crusher off the board. So uh, it was like, yeah, this was really just actually a dice roll, um, what determined that game. Mm. So I, I've always been a big fan of them. Um, was not always super big on uh, on Naked Orcs. Like, like, they are what they are. Like, I... Fire Slayers are hard to love because they're just naked dwarves, naked orcs. Just honestly, you know, weird that like a, a Slanesh plan has something against against nakedness. I don't know, or a Slanesh player it, as it, well. It, they're just not interesting. Like at least yeah, when yeah. I look at Blissbarb archers, like it, you know what? It, not not to get too raunchy with Slanesh, but like you don't see everything, so there's you've left something to the imagination. I that's would fair. assume that's fair. But but you know. <sighs> Bone Split is just not my thing. So uh, it was always pure Iron Jaws. Um, and, and I bought into the memes of uh, Lord of the Ring orcs. Uh, you know, eh, they're not that interesting. Eh, they're all right. And ah, they've, they've grown on me. So I, I, I've, mm -hmm. I've been happy to actually collect a full 2,000 points of Big Wa I or uh, of Cruel Boys. Actually, I think I now have all of that for a 2K army of Cruel Boys. And I have somewhere like 3,000 points of, of Iron Jaws. So yeah. yeah. And I think we'll do a little little bit of a sidebar on 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 bone splitters as we get into this because I think there's a as we were talking the before show uh, off air there I was just I had the sort of eureka kind of moment there and I I'd like to reset that when we actually get into the episode here. Um, Gorgrontabel says they have so much space for tattoos and other marks though. I mean, fair. I mean, <laughs> you, you, the army of, for the uh, the freehand enthusiast, I suppose. Um, I've got a shelf for Gorgrontabel. Like just above my finger. Yeah, that's just all G Gorgrontas is what that shelf yeah. is. <laughs> two layers deep of Gorgrontas. And there's a converted Megaboss on the side, but that's like, I think it's 21 Gorgrontas. <laughs> so, so that I guess that's a good opportunity. Uh, Vanilla sauce, kind of um, same thing. Just just a little bit of backfill about um, about like your, your experience with orcs and stuff like that. By the way, I really loved your point, Karnet, there about like your fallback army. You know, like like... Orcs, just kind of before we move on, orcs to me have always, like, stood out as, like, orcs are orcs are orcs. You know, like, they're just, it, like, it, no matter where, where they sit in the competitive competitive field, you almost always have this sort of same representation of orcs players. Or at least with my experience going back to, like, GHB 2017, you look around and around that time orcs weren't very good. And I'm like, but the same, like, 10% of the field showing up to, like, play them no matter what. And you're just like, you know, so the... Uh, so I always I always kind of like respect orcs in that respect in that way because it's like um, you know I call it the migrating seven percent of death like there's always this like seven percent that's just always rotating around whatever like death army is valid at the same time I feel like they they've got something in common with the orc players 
where they're just like we're just we're gonna we're gonna hang out here in death no matter what um of course orcs has you know three armies in it so there's a little bit more flexibility there whereas death has you know four armies to a whole grand alliance but i digress vanilla sauce i asked you a question that i cut you off what's uh, what's your your kind of like uh, experience with orcs uh the passion pro- you know uh, army etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, I think I, I started off with Iron Jaws, again, because I was attracted by things like the Gorgrunters and the Cabbage. Um, and once I... So so I played quite a few games with Gorgrunters initially. This is back... Uh, I think it's the first Iron Jaws book. And I was never very happy with them. Uh, like, I loved the models, but whenever I was using them, I'd just get rocked every time. But I just kept playing them. And, like, at some point, it just sort of clicked, and I just started rolling through people. And at that point, I was there like, well, these Gorgrunters are pretty good. I'll buy some more Gorgrunters. And then I'll buy some more Gorgrunters. And then some more. I, I never really liked um, Ard Boys. Um, I felt like the, the models were very like blocky and chonky. Like that. Yeah, they're like chonky in the bad way, like in the Space yeah. Marine way. Shots fired at 40k early tonight. <laughs> so, so i got one here and he just looks so awkward yeah you can even see the blocky shape in like his torso and his legs how it like connects together well it's kind of like when you look at like old old models meant to be on a square base they have this like this 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 blockiness to them and iron jaws came in aos and you're like why are you still using these older design sensibilities right and that's my re- recollection anyway I do like brutes as well, so I've got quite a few of those. I like to mix them in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Jaws, similar to uh, Carnif, they've they've been my uh, I guess my home army. Like I'll I'll go everywhere else. So like you can see on my shelf behind me, there's fire slayers there. There's like Ko over there. There's giant giants there. Mm-hmm. But every time I come back to the Iron Jaws. Um, if I'm if I'm not feeling very good with the game at the moment, then I'll go play my Iron Jaws. If there's nothing that's really exciting me, then I'll play my Iron Jaws. Um, they've always been a sort of does what it says on the tin army, um, and everybody who plays against them pretty much always has a fun time against them. Uh, so so they're always like the good option to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people might get upset with giants because you count as 20 models and you're hard to kill. So they just view their attempts as pointless. Uh, people might get annoyed at fire slayers because they used to save stacks to oblivion. Yeah. You know, all things. But the whole time, Iron Jaws were always there like, I'm going to fight you. And I'm going to die when I fight you, but I'm going to kill more of you, hopefully. And that's my game plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's it's it's very interesting to me that both of you like kind of I mean you migrate out from like Iron Jaws but like you you Iron Jaws is the home base you know I really I have to I have to think or I have to wonder if that's the experience in chat gang please 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 uh, chime in here if you're you're an IJ player or orcs player um, I have to wonder if that's like a commonality amongst orc players like it, it's just it's that like awesome home base you know uh, I think Games Workshop and Games Workshop's orcs are pretty uh what's the word iconic you know even going back to like um going back to like warhammer fantasy battle and like sort of the fallen through deal of like what became warcraft i don't know if everyone knows this story but but that was essentially games workshop about to branch out into the thing and they had a deal with with blizzard to to make this game 
when the deal fell through for whatever reason, everyone's got different perspectives, uh, uh, Blizzard had to make legally distinct from Games Workshop orcs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but there's like a through line there that you can still kind of trace and, and they still have that like, you know, feeling of... Uh, like they still have that 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 Games Workshop a little bit of that DNA there. Uh, there's actually a very famous Penny Arcade comic where where uh, uh, the one character I forget the names of the characters. I think it's it, with Tycho and Gabe. Gabe like is like man these like game it, it, like oh man Warhammer is just like World of Warcraft and he's like I swear to God if you say that ever again I will open my my mouth <laughs> like my thousand mouths and sing the song that ends the earth or whatever like just this like uh so triggered by like people comparing you know WoW orcs like or Warcraft orcs are like WoW orcs and it's like you motherfucker it's like absolutely the other way around and I think that's just a fun little bit of trivia that's like kind of lost to time there um. But yeah, so I like this this commonality of like the the home base army and orcs kind of being what you what you see on the tin, and I guess how do you feel the artifacts have like come out? You know, we've had like essentially I, I guess three versions of orcs to my mind. You you had the sort of you know that sort of like G- early early Warhammer and then the GHB the pre war clans the pre soup phase right. You had that like sort of middle ground or that middle period where they they had like. Uh, where in the GHB they got reset into casino orcs for like a six month period, where I think is the closest to oppressive they've been, barring perhaps now they're really strong. Um, but you had casino wall era, and then like, and then you mm-hmm. kind of have like war clans era, and we're in like two versions of the war clans era, right? Like V one and V two. So uh, twenty six wars in a turn is perfectly balanced. I agree. I... Oh yeah, with uh, Aether Quartz Brooch, you know, just hey, yeah. you roll five ups, it's just plus one damage. When you know what, we go until we end. <laughs> hey, I uh, I brought a load of pigs and a cabbage, and uh, my list is seventeen hundred points. Why is it seventeen hundred points? Because I bought some more command points to go with my Quartz Brooch. By the way. The uh, the mighty war ability, so I can re-roll my war roll to see if I get the six twice. Oh, uh, that was... Uh, I... Oh my god, I hated that ability. Like, loving Iron Jaws, it was this, oh, you gotta roll a, you gotta roll a six. And uh, if you roll a six, and only but a six, but only on Tuesdays, then... Then you get your plus two attacks. And anything else, plus one, and God forbid something died. Oh, you rolled that six? Sorry. You lose your command ability this turn. You're like, oh well. Well, see, if you want to, if you want to hit the sixes, what you need to do is you need to do it more. So that's why you would go down the points, right? So that you could do like I don't know, fifteen wars in a turn. You keep rolling the dice for those plus attacks, and uh, and some of them are sixes. And then you're there looking at your opponent, going, "Hey, these these free picks, they have like 126 attacks now." And the, and the person's just looking at you, going. I'm just going to take my models. There you go. Well, they died, so smashing and bashing, those are going to attack now. Uh, they also have 126 attacks. See, that's why I enjoy um, that's why I enjoy Brutes, because uh, 10 Brutes will just chunk nearly anything, and uh, most of my math points to 15 Brutes killing a Gargan uh, on the turn they want now. So I'm just like... Yeah, cool. They can reach me. I'm just gonna hit them with like, you know, 
I have a mini army of one punch men. Um, so they're just <laughs> going to, they're literally going to go bring down a Gargan and then the other one's going to go bring down another unit of Gar or another Gargan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, back to, back to the question though, like we, we had sort of these, to my mind, like three periods, or at least I'll frame it as like sort of three periods of, of, of orcs. How have the artifacts been throughout those, that span? Do you feel like they, because like I said, the army is, as it says on the tin, but how have the artifacts been in that span? Um, I think every destruction player pours one out every time they build an army for battle brew. Um, they re they remember that days it's in their DNA. Uh, they remember one plus one to hit and wound. It used to be on mounts. Uh, so it's a shame that one's gone. Um, artifact wise. Jeez. Can I even remember what OG or uh, iron jaw artifacts were? Um, if you can, it's uh, moving on type thing, you know, like it was there. Yeah. Nothing stood out, you know, like, okay. Uh, the the original like the first War Clans book, I mean Metal Ripper's Claw, like who doesn't love Ren Three? Right, right. Vanilla Sauce sounded like you had something kind of like interject there. I think other than Metal Ripper's Claw, um, the only real Iron Jaws artifact I remember is Ether Quartz Brooch. Yeah, yep, yeah, like uh, that or. Um... Rathonian Gauntlets, which uh, you guys will notice in my great enhancing choice. I also loved that. Uh, people tended not to use it. What it did was it gave you an extra three inches on the piling. And if you were running double cabbage, it was brilliant. Because what you could do was you would double charge into a player's screen. Um, you would have one cabbage blow up the screen. And then the other cabbage would pile in six inches and then attack two inches. So they will probably go straight into the juicy good stuff behind the screen. I mean, you're usually setting your screens at like usually about a four or five inch mark, right? So even if you're like seven inches back, you're you're looking at pain town, right? So, yeah. Yeah, it throws off people's math like pretty hard. Um, I've, I've, I've been on both sides of that with like a Van Hell's you know, with a Van Hells where I'm like, actually, they're going to pile in again. And just like a mere three inches more than what someone anticipated can be a huge swing in the game momentum. So, um, phrasing. I will say in the current book and even, um, did they, I think they had the ability back in uh, the first book, Iron Sons, that, uh, that enemy face charge. No one ever expects it. They're like, oh, I'm just going to I'm gonna stay uh, four inches out. I'm like, cool, command point. By the way, these three units are now charging you. Good luck. <laughs> I, I have the, I've got the momentum now. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so, high, so that's, I guess, kind of the high points, of, like kind of resetting some of the high points of the artifacts. What are some of the low points? Like just like the person who wrote this had no idea what we want type thing. Does anything stand out? On a on a two up, something gets to happen. On a one, your your artifact you spent great points on, or sorry, you spent a resource on, does nothing. Have fun. Yeah, I got. I'll, I'll read it for you. Armor of Gork. The bearer has a ward of six plus. Who cares? You can add one to hit rolls for attacks made by the bearer. Pretty good. I like that. More killing. However, you must subtract two inches from the bearer's movement characteristic, and the bearer cannot run. Okay, I'll actually go to defense for Armor of Gork here. I actually like it. So the six up ward is nothing like it's not bad. It's actually say it's like, it's anything at all. Wound. It's anything at all. Right? Yeah. Like the plus one to hit. Cool. I was going to all out defense anyways, so that doesn't matter. And the minus two movement. It's going on the cabbage anyways, so I'm moving nearly twenty inches a turn. 
like I'm getting to all the targets. That Markrush is sitting in the middle. And yeah, I'm just going to beat everyone to death anyways. Uh, Vanilla says, why don't you like it? Uh, I'm usually looking for um, things that are, I guess, interesting to my army uh, to like change how I'm building it slightly rather than stuff that's generic. Uh, so so like this minus two inches to movement what that does is that basically says this is going on a cabbage only okay because the mega on foot only walks like four inches so taking away his ability to run and taking two inches off his movement he's moving two inches a turn so it can never go on him which means it's going on the cabbage okay and good enough to go on the cabbage well yes but it's also not exciting I, I don't find it, I you know, I, I don't look at that artifact and go, I'm excited to use it. Whereas um, one of my favorite artifacts from the last book, and they carried it over into this current book, is Destroyer, which is just once per game, at the start of the combat phase, you declare that you're using the Destroyer, and you add free to the damage characteristic of the weapon until the end of the phase. Now that's super exciting. You you tell your opponent you're going to use it, so if they've got any mechanics to like fight first or something, it might mess with their target priority. And for you, it's like this big damage spike. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I feel the the other artifact is what it's doing is it's increasing survivability, and it's also increasing reliability. Whereas for me, I I quite enjoy that sort of massive spike. You, you so know, you're, you're like kind of like a Timmy, like sort of I guess like maybe a difference between like a Timmy and a Spike, literally. Like you're you're looking more for the Timmy, like the flashy big effect, as opposed to the Spike, who's more likely looking for like a consistency. Usually, you know, efficiency and consistency are kind of like Spike's mo's. Um, so yeah, that, I I want the artifact to change how I'm going to play that model. Interesting, interesting. That's well, I think that 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 parlays pretty decently into. Uh, your design philosophy, and then we'll, we'll, we'll since you're already kind of rolling here, we'll, we'll bounce to Carneth afterwards for for his design philosophy. So I think you've kind of talked around what your design philosophy was, but like if you want to kind of reset it and 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 be maybe and kind of state it a little bit more 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 plainly for everyone, like what was your design philosophy? I think you already kind of like nailed a key point, but if you want to reset it and just kind yeah, of so yeah. for me, I I want something that I think is exciting. Um, or if it's if it's not hugely exciting, I want it to change how I'm going to play. Um, particularly if it fits into a narrative that fits the army. Interesting. So you're you're looking for something that, like you said, like doesn't pigeonhole you into a model. You're looking to build something that like is exciting that that kind of changes the way you play. I think I, I remember when we were talking. I just kind of when I, I asked you to come on the show, um, I don't know weeks, months ago, whatever time's meaningless. Um. Something like, um, something like you you like artifacts that like, I think you said the word switch like uh, like a switcheroonie or switch like you like this a switch hitter type artifact is is something you said, um, and I think that's interesting. So so Carneth, I guess, um, and again, this is a, a chat gang. I think it's important to highlight how people have different design philosophies. A lot of times we 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 throw this this sentence out there in the community, and I see oh this is bad design. You know, and, and it's like you listen to like, uh, you know, like people who you whom you trust on the Internet to have like good opinions and stuff like that or your friend group or whatever. And you're like, oh, this is bad design. But it's like, why is it bad design? You know, being that that second tier thought, what makes it bad design? You know, 
because there's different approaches to design. There's, you know, we have what we call our first principles, and I've in, in no uncertain terms had Vanilla Sauce outline his sort of first principles of design. Um, yeah, I think it's important to kind of like to understand that like there's different approaches to to design. I think that there is stuff that is clearly bad design. You know, it, it, it just it doesn't do what it says on the tin. It's it's the expectations and the reality aren't aligning. It goes against some sort of third rail principle. Third rail would be the opposite of, uh, you know, third rails are, I think we talk about these a little bit, like things that you don't touch in design. Uh, playing with the priority role seems to be a third role for, for, for Warhammer, uh, for Age of Sigmar. Like, the, the priority role is here to stay, like, that's just, and fuck, and taking it out of the game or things that remove it just seems to be a third rail. Like, it, we can only sometimes infer these because the designers aren't exactly sharing their design documents with us. Right, so we have to kind of infer some of this stuff, and and from there again, get get people thinking about why is it bad design. So, Carneth, um, what what was your kind of first principles? How are you approaching your design? What's good design to you? So, I like things that play around with the legion's abilities. If your artifacts aren't helping, like enhance or do something interesting with design space that you've created, then I think you're missing some stuff there. So, um, I like that. Well, I like that. Yeah, so while a lot of my stuff, um, like my Iron Jaw artifacts, call out the specific hero it's going to be used on, but I also wanted to target things that weren't really seeing a lot of play, um, like the Shaman. Who takes a Shaman in their Iron Jaws army? Like Maybe some people do, but like for the most part, if you're taking a wizard, it's actually you're taking the Arcane Tome and you're throwing it on the one of your War Chances. And he's like, uh, yeah, he's my caster, because he's going to do as good a job as your Shaman, so... Let's try to get him to do something more utility based. Yeah, yeah, why play a hero? Why pay a hero tax when you already are like kind of including this other thing, right? Like, yeah. So like, I'm going to pay twenty five, what, fifteen points more to get plus one damage on a unit. Yeah, I'll take that every day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, and so like a lot of the buffs I came up with, um, I've, I've always I've always considered myself a, a Johnny Spike player. So um, I wanted things that were going to help combo with other units. Um, I set some limitations because I wanted, I didn't want something to be like, yes, you're always going to take this. And it's actually going to make this unit go out of control when it's already doing well. So, like, so you set my, yourself some third, some yeah. third rails, like, yeah, some, some things you're not going to touch. You're like, I'm, I don't want to go out of bounds here. I don't want to. Yeah. All right, go on. Um, and, and yeah, so um, I, like I said, took some uh, inspiration from what other war schools were already doing. Some things were clearly like meant to be like, yep, this this will go here, but it's gonna it's gonna change how the unit's gonna function and might uh, change uh, some list building. Mm -hmm. So we'll actually see that in Cruel Boys. All right, right on, right on. I, I like that you kind of have you you both approached uh, your design a, a, at a little bit different trajectory, and you do seem to have some same s sensibility. So this is this is really interesting. This is like me and uh, like uh, me and like Ian uh, from Just Play. Like we we have slightly different approach tra trajectories at like things that we kind of agree upon and like. We come to like a little bit different conclusions. Those are always the, for me the most interesting conversations. Um, I personally, I think everyone knows that I'm a, I'm a bit of a Johnny Timmy. Uh, I have that like that firm like five ten percent of a spike in me that just never is. It's unassailable. It's always there, you know. But I I'm uh, I Johnny my way to the Timmy finish, and I think a lot of my artifacts when I I did I designed some for Soulblight Gravelords on the previous uh, Great Enhancing. Uh, you could see where I did a little bit of what you did, Carneth, where I'm like. When I look at this, like, Blood Knights are... When I look at the Blood Knights faction, or, or sub-allegiance, I want something that is the most Blood Knights it could possibly be, right? And then, like, 
you know, doing things like that, but also, you know, wanting it to be a big combo and something kind of silly. So a little, you know, a little, little, little column A, little column B. So um, you've got more artifacts as uh, you've got, what, eight artifacts or eight enhancings? Uh, four, three... <laughs> Uh, nine, actually. I'm, I'm bad at counting it, which is real bad. I, I teach math, so... <laughs> you've got you've got nine. That's all right. Uh, math's overrated anyway. Um, <laughs> and then uh, how, how many enhancings do you have here, uh, Vanilla Sauce? I, I'm apparently um, half-arsed. Um, I've got uh, two artifacts for Iron Jaws and two command traits for Cruel Boys. Interesting. All right. So we'll have you lead off, Karnith, and we'll have you do, like, a couple with Iron Jaws, and, sure, then, we'll, sure. and then we'll... yeah. Alrighty, so uh, we'll start with Cruel Boys. So um, I want to think of something to make the Sludge Raker do something different. Uh, I like that it, it gives out that mortal wound buff. Uh, however... Um, so when you're talking about the Sludge Raker, reset it for people who don't necessarily play Oric War Sure, yeah. Okay, so uh, Oric War Clans. It's the uh, the Sloth Gator um, creature that's got the big gangly like hand coming out, uh, wants to come touch you like Salad Fingers. Uh, reference for anyone who's been around on the internet for anything longer than... 15 years at that point but um it has a nice big aura around it if you're holy within 12 of it uh thank you thank you uh there it is and uh, if you're holy within um uh 12 of it uh when a orc uh, war clans mod or sorry cruel boy model uh hits that six on the mortal wounds it does one more additional mortal wound so your gut purpose would do two mortal wounds your bolt boys would do three mortal wounds uh you know it basically what turns on the bolt boy shooting and so um what i came up with was uh, a mountain trait i'm going to call it from the depths it came so the break of boss or sorry uh snatch a boss would do one more additional mortal wound on a five up so i'm extending its range however I take away it's only melee weapons only that now gain the buff. This will allow uh, Gut Ripas to actually probably be a much more effective force as if you give them poison. Now they're doing mortal wounds on, or two mortal wounds on fives and sixes. Increases their damage and might actually make them worth 180 points. Interesting. So, so you're, you kind of like look into like sort of uh, uh, play again with, with sort of what's, what's there, what's going on in the army and just kind of enhancinate that. Yeah, like I, I think there are some good bones in in there. You know, let's let's have some fun and change them up a little bit. Um, so yeah, yeah, vanilla sauce. How do, how do you feel about that? Like, um... uh, uh, of course we we have to ask the question about power. Um, but I do like the idea and where it's going. No, the the developers will will deal with the numbers later. Like that's okay. their job. We're designers right now. But but yeah, go ahead. I I like the idea of encouraging the different play style. In fact, that's that's what my crew boys uh, command traits are actually designed to do. Man. So um, for me, like when I the moment I hear that, I assume that Carniff has seen crew boys. He's probably played them a bit, and he's gone. I am pushed really heavily into using crossbows. How about I have a way of playing it that's not crossbows, and that's actually a similar way to how I came to look at Crow Boys as well. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, Carnith, uh, go ahead and uh, you got a, another enhancination you'd like to... Uh, sure. Um, called it Slapclaw Spittle. So Slapclaw is the name of the name Sludge Raker um, that you can get. Um, he uh, is written upon by uh, Slumdrek, so that's the name model. So Slumdrek, or sorry, Slapclaw Spittle was 
the character is chosen left Sludraker range. So he does not have to be supported by the Sludraker. He's allowed, you know, you can throw it on um, the Vulture or you can throw it on the the Great Nash Tooth and he can go off and, you know, hopefully try to spike some mortal wounds out somewhere. So just kind of allow something to, you know, go off. Now, my only thought on design was should this be allowed to uh, stack with the Sludge Raker if it happened to be in range? Like, if it's in range of the Sludge Raker and has this artifact, would it technically do four mortal wounds? I think that might be a little too strong. But, you know, um, I mean, melee mortal wounds are at least a lot more fair than ranged mortals. Yeah. I've got to say, one thing I really like about that. Is it something to give to a named character, which is design space we don't really see? Um, so what you're doing there is you're saying, hey, if you take this named character, you'll have this unique ability to pass on the buff to, like, you, you could suddenly, like, um, you, you envenom a vulture and the vulture flies off, like, super fast and just does, like, this strike from nowhere. And that to me is so exciting. I would love that. Yeah, right on. I like that. Good, good. Um, I am naked without a PowerPoint, Waller Joel. Oh, <laughs> how about this, Waller Joel? I'll have you. We'll circle back and I'll have you do a like a, a mini bone split as like uh, a part two of. We'll do a uh, episode one eighteen point five. You can make a PowerPoint on bone splitters. Um, <laughs> all the bone splitters like stands are just so mad at me right now. Um, <laughs> All right, Vanilla Sauce, what do, what do you got? Uh, so so uh, the first one I'll go with, uh, just because it, it ties to how Carniff uh, did his first artifact, is uh, so I've done a command trait for Cruel Boys. Um, I called it Scariest Tactics. So you know where this is going immediately if you play Cruel Boys, because the Scare Tactics ability for Gut Rippers. Um, I wrote a little narrative thing for it, because I think all these things should have something. So mm -hmm. uh, this killer boss has taught his army that mimicking the screams of their enemies dying whilst rattling their shields adds to the fun. Uh, so what what it would do is um, when a gut ripper's unit is within six inches of the killer boss and you use their scare tactics ability, uh, which for people who don't know, it's used at the start of the charge phase if you're not in combat. You roll... 2d6 against the enemy's bravery and if you equal to or beat it then you give them minus one to hit for the next combat that's what the base thing does you get a modifier to it per five gut rippers in the squad um it's a bit lackluster generally but when you stack it it can get a bit painful on some units um but it's it's generally like a, an added bonus and i was thinking what if we made this more into like a feature so that somebody could lean into gut rippers and really go for it? Yeah, this is this is kind of like with with Nighthaunt players. One of the big criticisms I hear from you know like Nighthaunt players is like they really want to do more with bravery bombs. Like it's just like every time, and and I I think broadly speaking in in AOS we have this sort of like hanging chad, this just little like vestigial tail of a mechanic which is bravery in the game, and it, it's it's partially there but it doesn't feel like it's fully played with and fully like fleshed out um and so i like i like opportunities to 
like sort of enhance these little mechanics that just sort of are are there but like man they they like the imagination runs wild and you're like if only we do a little bit more with this so i, I like where your head's at with this all right i'm sorry i cut you off so what it would do um is <laughs> kernigget as a bravery for gob- goblin <laughs> screw you all <laughs> um so so what it would do uh is if it's successful it would uh, make it so that the enemy unit cannot receive inspiring presence in the next Battleshock phase. Um, maybe that's a bit too strong. Um, no, 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 no. It's right where it needs to be. But um, but what I also added, because I also want to incentivize people to take big blocks of gut rippers. Like, like I want these blocks to just come from like the side and just go for people. Is if the modified roll, that way it accounts for the number of models in your unit, exceeds okay. the enemy's unit's bravery by at least two, then it also makes them minus one to wound. So the idea that the enemy's about to charge you and they just see this massive block of gut rippers who are utterly terrifying and suddenly they're like, I, I don't want to fight that. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, these guys are making the screams of your dying kin. You know, they're rattling shields at you. They're stood in the forests and, mm-hmm. and swamps and that. So they're barely visible, even how many of them there are. And I, I want them to actually put fear into your enemy. All right, uh, Karnath, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and like weigh in on, on the on the design of this and, and what you think. And then I've, I've got some thoughts because I, I, this is bravery debuffs. And go ahead. Uh, I, no, I'm a, I'm a real big fan of like turning off Battleshock. Uh, I mean, as we do play Iron Jaws and we can suddenly make three units not immune to Battleshock, um, we need more ways to turn that off. Um, like, just just units suddenly just going like, oh, well, you, you did three damage to me. All right, I'll just spend my last points the end of the round anyways. Like, the, everyone just keeps a battle point around. Um, OBR just goes... Uh, that's that's cute. Um, hey, let's not uh, punch OBR. I mean, there's also what half of chaos runs bravery ten. Yeah, um, so many things are like bravery. Eight Even sold like brave lords. We were like bravery ten yeah. all around the all around the world. Yeah, there, there's so many things that just have such high bravery that they either get so defensive that they're never going to see battle shock or. All right, on a six, I lose a model. Like we need more things that are going to affect it. Like I know, uh, I like that. Kind of going off a little slightly off topic of Slanesh. Slanesh was supposed to have a lot of things that no, no, go, go. This is Rantcast. Go yeah, off topic. Okay. You're all encouraged. Right, You're right, encouraged. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, Slanesh was supposed to have a lot of things that are bravery bombs, and they amount to nothing. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, Nighthaunt feels that. Nighthaunt feels yeah, that. Yeah, Flash Shader Court is supposed to have stuff for bravery bombs so that they can do more mortal wounds on screen. That hardly ever feels like it's actually even played out. So uh, that's a design space that I wish GW would lean into more. And the fact that when they introduced Bravery, the first thing they showed off was, here's our new mechanic. By the way, this is how you ignore it. And I think that w- that goes off, that, that puts on such a back foot that it's like, all right, this is a mechanic they don't care about. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to like the vestigial like limb sort of like notion that I, I kind of brought up a little bit earlier. Like, I don't, the battle shock itself, I don't care as much about. Like, and and that's not to to contradict you. It's like yes and, but like going a little bit different. I want to see more stuff that plays with bravery in some way whatsoever. So I like where you're like you're beating the bravery characteristic, and then you're adding a debuff. Like I really like shutting off battle shock. I don't mind either, by the way, because if there, if we're gonna have like a million ways 
to be Battleshock immune, having ways to shut it off feels like fair game to me. It's like you know what I mean. Like it's just it, it's it's the arms race of mechanics, and especially if it's costing you something to do it, and you're just sort of like betting resources, right? That's that's resource management. That's like as old school as RTS and wargaming gets. Is 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 resource management and and sort of betting my resources against your resources. That's that's the name of the game. So I I'm like cool with that. Like you're spending an you're spending an enhancement for this. This is you know this is a big deal. And you're 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 banking on this as part of like your playstyle now because you're kind of going into it. It's denoting that you start to build units a certain way. Like like it's the sort of thing where like on paper I you should be great. Like. It's just when everyone else has not great stuff, they feel bad. And I'm like, no, no, no. Everyone should have great stuff. You know? Like, and so I like that. I, I, I do like the, the design space it goes into. And, it would be a command trait for me as well as um, it stops uh, Crow Boys taking things like Super Sneaky. Um, so it does pull the focus, like I was intending, away from that crossbow spam. So you're, you're looking at the opportunity cost, too, for the army. You're going to have to actually, like, think about this in your list build. And, I mean, really... Really, kind of going hard in the paint. I think it's again the numbers. You know, maybe we, we, we can play with the numbers down the line because that's a that's a that's a developer thing. We're designers right now. We're we're unleashing our imagination. We're coming up with like really good ideas uh, to push things. Uh, Sir Entity, evening, gents. Hope you're all well. As a Soulblight player, I'd love psych, I'd love psychology to come back. Uh, something feels off about OBR dropping the bravery of my zombie when they're immune themselves. Yeah, I, like death is in a weird place. Like in in when I started playing, it was like Warhammer Fantasy Battle. This actually reminded me of something I wanted to bring up. Your mechanic reminds me of like my main battle strategy back in like Warhammer Fantasy Battle, like fourth, fifth edition. Um, was they had a rule? Undead had a rule where if my if my unit outnumbered your unit, I would force a break test on the charge. So like break is like your 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 army would like break and and try to retreat, and then you could overrun them and kill everything basically for free. And so my whole point was to just have these huge blocks of skeletons to where like I would just outnumber you and then you'd have to take a break test when I charge you sometimes sometimes fail and then like and then like you would just go to retreat so I wouldn't even have to fight you and you just get overrun by skeletons um the trade-off as an army was when you popped my necromancers or my vampires or whatever like everything in my army took a break test and a radius of that as, like, their, like, necromantic energy that held everything together, like, failed and everything fucking exploded. And it was cool as hell. I wouldn't mind death getting a little bit of that heat back. Where, like, okay, yeah, we're unfair, where we don't take break tests, but if you pot shot our heroes, it feels like it would be impossible to balance right now in, in the era of, like, the shooting meta the way it is. But I would still like to see some, some callback to that type of mechanic for my army where like they gave us a like a you can we can with soul by grave lords we have a minus two bravery debuff we can put on you if like our units are near you i'm like what it's just such a like light touch in like what used to be kind of a central mechanic to the army and i'm not saying that all old mechanics should be explored because there's a reason like we 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 evolve and we change and we move on but games workshops the one that put bravery in this game and Battleshock as a as an entire phase unto itself Right, they decided it's worthy to stick around, so I feel like they should decide to do more with it. Um, I'm not going to say what it should be. I just think it it feels like there should be more going on there. Um, I like my Ossiarch Bone Reapers being battle shock immune. What's the trade off for it though? You know, um, is it because we're slow? I don't know if slow equates straight to like battle shock immunity. You know what I'm saying? Like 
maybe because OCR Bone Reapers are Battleshock immune, like, I don't know, like, your army gets some sort of, like, weird, like, uh, like, call it like a, um, uh, like, Doomer resolution, where, like, they know they're fucked anyway, so, like, they have a bonus to their Battleshock tests. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, oh, man, these guys never fucking break. We're going to die no matter what. Like, some sort of, you know, like, start thinking about, like, the way that, like, when you're pulling that rubber band in one direction for something to be great, where do you pull it in the other way for someone else to be great? So every, you know, like, that that's, I guess, where I, my, my pitch is. I mean, and again, I know we're talking about orcs. If you pull something like OBR, it did have something to do with the bone tithe. Like, your army can pay the bone tithe beforehand to every unit that oh, a model. Yeah! And, and then, like, it negates I, it negates some bonus to OBR. I love that because because the tax has been paid. I love that. Like okay, so we're like okay, like what if we're battle shock immune? Uh, uh, welcome to Rantcast, by the way. This is the Orc Show. Like okay, yeah, we get our battle shock immune, but you can pay the tithe and like not take break tests. You just like snipe one model and like you never have to like battle shock immune. You never have to take battle shock tests yourself. Like, doesn't that feel a little bit more fair or, like, a little bit more interesting? And it, it plays with, like, our actual bone tithe mechanic, which I don't see in my army anywhere, which yeah, is like, weird. At least on Path to Glory. Yeah. Like, at least Path to Glory. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, or like you could, t- like, <laughs> like, we're about to do some, like, some, like, uh, like I- oppressive thing with, like, like crazy rules. And you're like, actually, we paid the tithe this, uh, this week, so uh, you don't have to kill us. And we're like, and we don't charge you. <laughs> Like, just some crazy stuff. That'd be, like, I'm like, oh, no, actually, like, the Mortison comes over. Uh, actually, they are current on their taxes, uh, so we don't need to assault their city today. <laughs> like, 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 oh, man. I, but, like, obviously it doesn't need to be that big big swing of a game mechanic, but that, that, that even isn't a design space they're thinking in right now, where, like, an army can pay the tithe and stuff is kind of, you know, again, that, that, that. come on, Games Workshop. I know you guys have cr- some really creative people out there. Um, rating party, one inch hero, rating party of five. Thank you so much for the raid there, my friend. Uh, Cinderfall Gaming dropped you to tier one sub for eight years of support. Thank you so much, Luke. Um, if you're not familiar with Cinderfall Gaming, uh, YouTuber, and basically if you're in a Facebook group, you're in one of his Facebook groups. Um, <laughs> uh, love how excited Mef gets when the topic of OBR. <laughs> like, like, just say vampire or Ossiarch Bone Reapers, and I just, like, basically pop out of my chair. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, just kind of catching up on chat here real quick before we move on. Um, Bravery 4. Yeah, Horror Gas and Flares. Um, and uh, earlier on, uh, Iron Gauntlet 1231 one, followed. Thank you so much for that follow. So I think we're caught up here. Uh, Ulf Paint's dropping 1,000 RP to remind everyone that chat gang ain't nothing to mess with. Uh, I thought they crumbled instead of running. Bravery works more like crumble than old morale. Yeah, the skeletons exploded. Like you didn't like you took a break test. You didn't like necessarily break and run. Like you just like you turned to you you and then you lost like X number of models and stuff. Like you you'd go down like twenty percent and thirty percent. Like you you just lose a ton and ton of dudes depending on how that break that break test turned out. Um, uh, that would be great. Uh, but have bone tithe have some random risk like losing blood angels to death company. <laughs> Please not my Terminators or bikers. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I don't know. Like, that's that's where I would sit down like it's homework and spend like a fucking week coming up with like cool ideas for how Bone Tithe would actually look in the game. You know, in fact, I might be on Warhammer Weekly next week and I might I might tease the subject and it might have something to do with fixing Ossiarch Bone Reapers. And I'm totally going to self-plagiarize us 
and this episode and all of your guys' great ideas. Uh, Cardiff, you came up with the bone tie thing. Uh, I'm going to steal it shamelessly next week. And uh, and uh... hey, I'm, I'm glad one of my ideas is going to make it out there. <laughs> so, um, well, no, all your ideas are making it out there now. Like you're you're on you're on Rantcast, man. I'm I'm your favorite content creator's favorite content creator. You may not have heard of me, but your content creator friends have heard of me. That was to everyone out there. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. So. Uh, I think we, we talked about like the design space of the uh, of the the sort of bravery and kind of re- retooling cruel boys. Carnith, uh, you're back up now, moving us on to the sort of next segment. All right, next one. Unfortunately, not real not real exciting, but I think um, it, it still fits in Sights and Flavor. I call it a personal mud job. Uh, nine wound or less character can't be targeted by abilities or range attacks unless twelve inches. So I, what... I stole Cloak of Midnight from uh, from Idenf Deepkin. What's this um, for? I, uh, cruel boys still. Cruel boys still. Okay, okay, we're still on cruel boys. Right. So, so personal mud job can't be targeted unless you're within twelve. Uh, now you like your shaman can help move up. Uh, again, it's uh, allowing you know your units to do something more so that uh, your critical killer boss, uh, who uh, if he's within three inches of uh, any of your units, they can only max lose one model to battle shock. Like if he dies, that's it. Like your units start dropping. They're only bravery five and six, and they're not they're not durable dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, so just make them not be targetable. Um, so can't get sniped by Sentinels, can't get sniped by the pros and cruel boy player. Still can get charged by by melee, and that's fine. But you know, just he can't be also. You just can't be also handed dusted either because he's just not visible. That's fair. That's fair. Unless, well, I mean, Nagash is. You know, you need to make him untargetable rules wise instead of not visible because otherwise you still get shot by Sentinels. Well, okay, sorry. How I phrased <laughs> was can't be targeted by ability or range attacks unless within yeah. twelve inches. So that was was yeah. within the, the initial language. Yeah. Uh, but the other one, um, I did write a little bit. Um, this is for a, a command trait. It's called Dark Dealings. This general has closer ties with the Dark Forge Masters as Hopgrotz trade with and has folded his most trusted runners. Picking unit of Hobgrots, they gain venom encrusted weapons in our battle line. This is so a trait. Could, yeah. So it so basically it'd be he is he is so in tune with the dark with uh, chaos dwarves um, that his like Hobgrots like he's just cool with his Hobgrots. So they get some of the better weapons because they can actually run with his crew, and so they can be a little stabby unit of Grots have and we, actually do something. Have we seen a design space yet where a trait unlocks battle line? Because if uh, not, I absolutely adore it. Actually, like, I mean, I I just add, literally just added battle or battle line when I talked about it. I at least said they should gain venom encrusted weapons. They they get the good weapons, but yeah. I don't see why it should not also make that one unit specifically battle shock. If you want thirty hobgrods, go for it. Like, who cares? Yeah, I, I want I want thirty screaming little little grots actually stabbing and doing something. I mean, you could also do something like instead of is battle line, you can just be like reinforcement points. Cause this is something we haven't seen yet in design space where we're like, True. You, you get an extra reinforcement point for a unit of hop grots, right? Like that. Yeah. Oh, that so making, so they could go up to three if they wanted to yeah. while still not being battle line. Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's really good. I mean, that's, I think that's some really smart design space is like playing with reinforcement points. Uh, this is where I hope uh, gloom spike gets and Skaven go in the futures. They, they get bonus, reinforcement points or something like that like that that feels like a very gitsy scaveny thing where like like maybe you're still confined to like the other list construction stuff because like 
third rail of fucking with list construction, right? Of being like, oh no, you get five battle, or you, you, you know, you get blah, whatever. They, I mean, they mess with it though. You know, behemoth uh, become battle line. They mess with that stuff a little bit, but the reinforcement stuff feels like that's a really easy slam dunk space to like play with, especially with enhancements, especially with like maybe battalions down the line or something like that. Like if you take this battalion, battalion, you get one reinforcement point, or I don't know. Yeah, you could make a horde army pay its command trait or artifact to uh, to gain an extra reinforcement point, or two or three, whatever, whatever. The, like you run the math on it, and you go like, yeah, I think Gits can stand to have two extra reinforcement points if they if they take this sub allegiance, right? You know, like so you don't necessarily get it for like Trogoths, or you know, like because maybe for whatever reason they think you know reinforcing Trogoths too much is OP. But, like, yeah, the thing that's, like, what it should be designed for is, like, having a million fucking goblins on the table. So, like, yeah, the goblin sub-allegiance says you get bonus, you know, two bonus reinforcement points if you take this trade or something. I mean, that that just feels like a really intelligent... Uh, I think you've, like... I think you've accidentally struck oil here with, with this one, Carnith, where you're, like, where you were going with it. it um, you know, like, the battle line thing. But, like, even just if we go, like, a little bit more, like, one more degree refined to, like looking at his reinforcement points. Uh, is, is, uh, I submit that mod. I'm the developer now. Like, you, you came to me with your with your designed artifact, and I said, yeah, but what if we did reinforcement points? And then, like, you curse me and go, yeah, that's a great idea, but, like, secretly you go home after work, and you're like, fuck, fuck our lead developer. That guy sucks. But, uh... <laughs> by the way, this is, like, a lot closer to, like, how design and development pipelines work, by the way. <laughs> Someone who's been on the inside. Um, so... Um, I feel like I cut both of you off there. Um, so cruel boys, you had two artifacts or you had two, two enhancement enhancenations in there. Um, yeah, so I'm actually, I'm all done with cruel boys. I had the, the can't be targeted within, uh, by abilities range text within 12 and then, uh, making those Hobgrats battle line, uh, or with the extra reinforcement points, but also mainly giving them the venom encrusted weapon. So they can just be chat that actually can just, this unit actually wants to go out and stab things. Makes it a little more hammery i guess yeah they throw a decent amount of dice yeah right on right on uh vanilla sauce your thought on either of those uh, my favorite thing well, out of those two i would immediately choose the venom encrusted and battle line one because uh like i said at the start i want to change how to build the army and how to play the army yeah so he's t he's giving you an enhancement which lets you uh which lets you change because you're going okay my battle line is now this what does that open up for list building? Mm -hmm. And that's that's something amazing to see. Um, and we've we've seen how much it can change an army when you look at, particularly at something like KO, because um, the, like the first iteration of KO, uh, it was Arcanaut Company only as Battleline, and it really stifled creativity in the army. Uh, whereas now, almost everything can be Battleline under the right situation, be it a general unlocking it, be it a sub-faction unlocking it. Yeah. Uh, and it just means that you you see, or you can see much more varied armies because somebody might go, well, I like boats, so they take lots of skyships, or I like jetpacks, so they bring lots of balloon boys, you know? Well, I mean... Uh, and that's something I would love to see for every army. I want to see every aspect of every army on the table. Right, right. Right. I mean, I, I saw, like, one of one of the old, like, data points was, like, how many Mortec Guard are taken, you know, at, like, a tournament. And it's like, we have two battle line. Um, you know, like, what the hell do you expect? You know, like, we're going to take, they're, they're, they're pigeonholed into taking, like, a lot of people want to take Stalkers. 
there's no like there's the, by the time you get through like your your like the gymnastics of your points you might be able to take a unit of stalkers but if you're like that timmy out there who's just like i just want to run all stalkers you have no idea but they they don't have any avenue to get to that it's for me it's about enabling like those avenues uh, to get into those places for for all those armies, like it might not be the most efficient, the most spike thing in the world, but if you let people do it, you'd be surprised how much more often you see it, right? Because we tend to gravitate towards like what's efficient, just kind of on accident, you know, like as the water level raises in the in the game. Um, well, if uh, if those OBR rumors that we've heard for what a year now almost is true. Yeah, those more tech archers, they could be another battle line option. I hope they don't get mortal wounds on shooting. No, no, rent even but, if it's even if it's like but, rend one you know, one rend well, more right. or something. Oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. and that's what and yeah, that's would be sensible. But there's also the rumor of like what, some dude on a big monster? Make that the thing that unlocks stalkers. And look at you got a new fun centerpiece if you don't want to run catacros. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, a shame, but I mean there are people out there. <laughs> yeah, there's there's people out there who are like just not, I don't know, in the right state of mind regarding how excellent Catacross's model is. No, um, no, no, you're right. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. You have more more thoughts there on that. Um, Imagine like a, a ten inch tall stalker with even more arms and swords. Oh, I want I want Lord Goro. I want Prince Goro the stalker, where he's just got even more arms and he's like a huge, like just like. He's got like a hecatontry amount of arms, and it's a nightmare to put together. Um, what was what was the dude from Underworlds? Kanan Mir? Ka- uh, yeah, Mir Kanan. Yeah, yeah. Like, isn't he just like? I thought he was a stalker. He's like twice the size of any dude. Yeah, he's got the. They went back to their like their like uh, like sort of pseudo like you know pseudo Japanese pseudo like Pan Asian sort of vibes to him. He's got the, like the little stilt feet. Where like you know like in the you know like hey the Heihachi slippers from Tekken where he's like got the little stilts on the slipper he's kind of got that going on he's got this executioner's axe yeah he's pretty smooth yeah, yeah. and also he's got really cool fun rules what is it sixes to wo- or sixes to hit or like two mortal or one plus D three mortal wounds so he's at least always doing D three or two or something like that he's got fun rules I like that dude if I played OBR he'd be in my list. Uh, I, he is in my OBR lists, like, right now. Like, he's, he's just, like, for the points, his value is, is just too good to pass up. Um, like, it's just, it, it, I mean, there's, there's so much space with, I don't know. Like, I think OBR got the, got the kiss of death with the White Dwarf article, though. Like, it, I, it's the kiss of death. We're, we're not getting a new battle dome. Yeah, seeing that, I was like, oh, that's a rip. Yep, rip. Rip. Oops, oops, all OBR show. Yeah, sorry, everybody. It's an OBR show now. I don't even play OBR, but I still have fun. Yeah, no, they're cool. Um, I mean, that's the thing is like when you when you find like when you can respect the passion other people have for their thing, like you'd be surprised how easy it is to like riff on each other. You know, like, um, um. <laughs> good try, Kurnigat. Not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, as far as the cloak, because I don't think we talked about the cloak too much, which you brought up. Um, I think the cloak is like a. That's one of those like just kind of cool artifacts. I don't think there's anything wrong with having like just interesting, efficient, good artifacts either. Um, you know, like I, I don't want to poop. Like I, I talk about like the the Johnny Timmy stuff a little bit. I think it's if you, you know, I was worried that what they did with Amulet of Destiny was what they were going to do with Amulet of Destiny. You know, like just the the, you know, it just it took away like an efficient artifact and just and just like cut the head like this kills the crab like they just. You're never going to see it again now. 
So they went from seeing two artifacts from the generic artifacts book to seeing one of them. I, I and and it shows up in every list I've ever made. It, it there's no reason to never not take it. Yep. There's always going to be a best thing. So like the only way to really fight the the best thing factor is to make other good things. Uh, it's that simple. Um all right. So uh vanilla sauce, you haven't you haven't uh uh unfurled an artifact or an enhancement in a while what do you got uh so actually similar to how Karnif with that cloak was actually trying to protect foot heroes uh at least in my local scene i have uh, a few players who have particularly good shooting shall we say uh thunder lizards and long strikes in particular um so i i was thinking about that whole small hero thing as well because sometimes it's nice to take that infantry force with the small hero um i shamelessly ripped off uh the goblin uh the the goblins here um i can't remember the unit uh the guys with the spinning uh balls loon fanatics uh, loon smash of fanatics yeah okay uh, so I I did cunning as mork because I mean they're supposed to be more cunning these uh these cruel boys. So uh, the killer boss has learned the most cunning way to lead is by hiding in plain sight. During deployment, you may declare that this killer boss is hiding in plain sight. Note down a gut ripper's unit for him to hide in and place him in reserve. At the start of the movement slash charge phase, the killer boss may reveal his ploy and be placed within three inches of the unit. Like additionally, whilst the because uh, I wanted to get an additionally in there, I feel like feel like yeah. destruction deserves some. Uh, <laughs> after seeing how many LRL got, we we need some. Oh, in addition oh. to the addition, yeah. Um, whilst the killer boss is hiding in a unit, they confer and must use all part of the plan to any units within range that take a battle shot test, and the player must declare that something funny is going on. So what this would do is you would be allowed to hide him in the unit, which means that he can't be targeted, essentially, which is a brilliant bonus. But if somebody was to, say, spread fire, they could discover which unit he's in because he would, no matter what he wanted to do, use that ability and basically reveal that there's something going on with that unit that isn't normal. So that would be the that would be the disadvantages. Suddenly, he would reveal himself. Whereas when I think of goblins, they can walk around with all those blocks of goblins, and you'll never know where the fanatics are until they want to use them. Uh, D uh, Demir Grot asks, uh, "Can crew boys deep strike?" I don't. Uh, uh, with super sneaky, they can. Uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not as good uh, as a normal deep strike um, because you have to use it before or sorry before the first battle round but after players have determined uh who's going to go first so you could like throw your bolt boys of like haha i'm going to shoot this unit and then your your opponent could be like all right cool but i won deployment so uh i'm going to go first and uh, they can just shoot off your bolt boys so it's yeah. it's all right and the usual combo that's used for that one is uh super sneaky and the dirty trick covered in mud uh, so what you do is you redeploy the Bolt Boys into cover that is also in range of your enemy, because they'll have a 27-inch range if you're in Big Yellows. Um, and then on a 4-up, they're not visible uh, whilst in cover to be shot at, so it, it protects them quite a lot. I like that. Good combo. Really really Johnny of it, um, actually. So yeah, um, 
Karnath, uh, thoughts on the uh, stash and uh, dudes and unit uh, trait? Oh, I, I, I love it. I actually like that it plays a little mind game. Um, it, it does make him feel like uh, it's, it's a lot more morkier, too, if these are supposed to be the morks uh, versus the Iron Jaw and Bones Lotus Borks. Um, so, uh, it, yeah, no, it's fun. It, um, I always take uh, a hero anyways, and uh, I'm actually not super big on always just taking super sneaky because um, I always end up taking a noisy racket. That minus one to wound is just too good anyways. Um, but uh, no, I would probably like have that unit of like gut rippers up in center and just be like, oh, well, everything's touching. So you got to go kill this entire unit off. And they're like, you gotta, you're going to have to pour a lot of damage into a unit that's not going to do a whole lot, but it's actually making my army like Battleshock again effectively. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I like that. Really cool. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like amb like the uh, the sort of like uh, assassin ambush rule. So anytime I see that show up, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> or like variations thereof. Um, um, yeah. So uh, I think that that does it for cruel boys, right? So we've done the iron, or no, no. You've got another um, artifact. We need to do iron jaws. We we got to do. We've saved the best, the best for last, right? Well, if we want to do that, do you, do you want me to cover my uh? my bone splitter ones then so that we can we can end off with uh just only the best yeah let's do that yeah all right so i'll make them real quick so this is this is this one was a utility piece i tried creating honestly there was nothing really good um to kind of do so it kind of does one of two things and this one kind of changes their identity a little bit so one was choose gorks or morks breath the hero phase um, if you choose Gork's Breath, uh, it essentially makes the bearer a war chanta to give one of their units plus one damage. Uh, it's all the same stipulation, melee weapons only, wholly within 15 inches. It's literally war chanta. Mork's Breath was actually taking the Plague Bearer um, ability that I think the Poxbringer does, where he picks a unit, and if they're at the range of a Plague Bearer, they kind of explode. So that's, Gork's, or so that's Mork's Breath. Because the unit gets stuck in, and then uh, every unit that's in within, and or every enemy unit within three inches of them would take D three. So it's like a you know it can be like a once per game kind of added utility of all right I need this unit to do big damage, um, or all right now this unit of uh, orcs got there and now they just run into like a quick frenzy. Um, while Lord Joel weighing in here, he heard bone splitters and he's just like. Bone split is what? Um, he's, <laughs> that's broken as fuck with ice bone. See, I'm not. I'm not familiar with uh, with with. Uh, I know it's going to surprise everyone, but I don't know a ton about like the savage orcs' uh, particular specific sub faction too much or other armies. I think ice bones is sixes to wound just go straight to mortal wounds. It's kind of like uh, the cruel boy weapon. Um, we could make it like one per game. Yeah, if a, if a unit of pigs go, goes crazy on damage for one turn. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of things that do tons of damage, right? Like, you know. Yeah, they're fine to do it. Yeah, yeah, right on. Um, I'll go with the other one real quick then. Um, it's the Primordial Axe. <laughs> if this wielder slays a model in the combat phase, add one to the damage characteristic. This is cumulative. In addition, if the wielder has already gained damage on the Primordial Axe, it heals all wounds at the start of the Battle Shock phase. We get an Orc... Professor Badass, who just it, as he as it deals damage, it gets bigger and bigger. Please limit it as well to the uh, the Savage Big Boss. Of the oh guy. no, it, it it could go on any of them. 
Uh, well, I would want it on him just to. Oh, you would because he's already got the big axe. He's like he's swinging and he's getting bigger and more aggressive this whole time. I'd love it. Yeah, yeah. as he's as he's doing damage, his axe is just suddenly getting bigger and bigger. He's a little hero as well. The the response, like if someone was there, like, oh my god, he's at eight damages. You would go just kill him. He's like got six wounds or something. He will just die. Well, this is this is. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, this this one has the sort of judgment or the sort of Japan like vibe to it, Ooh. where it's it's just oh god, uh, we're we're gonna have to listen to Ruby Rod here for uh, twenty uh, iterations of Ruby Rod being Ruby Rod. Everybody enjoy that. Uh, that's how exciting this axe is. See, I so far this is kind of one of my favorite uh, artifacts so far. I, lo- I love the de- some of the design space we went into with a couple of the, a couple of these artifacts and traits, but this one's just fun. Right, like it's it's just fun. You're gonna put it on a, like a little ass kicker, and he's just gonna go around trying to like murderize people. Um, yeah, he's he's gonna start off tagging a combat. He's gonna kill one model. That's all you need him to do. And then he's actually suddenly at damage three. Um, and then he's gonna go like pop something else off. And then you're like, he's at damage four. And you're like, oh, whatever. And but he's gonna hit that turn. You're gonna wah, and he's gonna go after something big. And it's like, by the way, like he's already hit like two little combats. Like we're at damage six. And you're like, Shh, wait, what? I should have out of command points. Like he's gonna sneak up on you. It's it's really funny because there's gonna be like that turn four where like you kind of like lost track of him in the shuffle, and then like the what would I like to call the breakdown? That's sort of like the late game where you start like to do the scramble for like. You're like, okay, if I do this and this, like, I can win the game. I want to set myself up for turn five. So you're starting to do the scramble. And, like, if this dude's just sitting around, you're like, the da- damage what? <laughs> you know, like, you're just... Um, I love that. I love those little moments, you know? I think that's great. I absolutely love this one. Um, oh. Like, if it was in Iron Jaws, it'd be broken as hell. If it was in Cruel Boys, it'd be broken as hell. But in, in, um, in Bone Splitters, where your heroes are all smaller... It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love giving that that little hero the the moment of glory, you know. Um, like you mentioned, uh, Sword of Japan. Um, I used to have that on a loom boss on giant squig. Uh, not the not the mangler squig, but the giant squig. Like he's about yay big, and like he comes at you, and you're there like, oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna kill your big unit. And you're there like, what? He's like, yeah, he's gonna eat his red cap mushroom now, so he can re-roll his hits. He's like, I'm just looking for sixes here. I've got like six attacks. Hopefully this works. Yeah, that was that was my um that was my uh, my beast lord because like in in beast of chaos, um you'd end up with like so many ba- like you'd have like two two three battalions just cause like it, you, you know like I don't really feel like running three hundred models, so I'm gonna take two battalions, and so you'd have like always have that one extra artifact kind of laying around. You'd probably scoop up the knowing eye and an aether quartz brooch if you were on the like the summoning plan um which i often was uh you know i know gave spawn everybody you're like adding me in the like in the future comments but no no all uh all heard baby um like i gotta like just uh if anyone's played bayonetta there's a scene where she just goes guns 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 and she just and they just like open up a coffin and start throwing guns everywhere um it was like that but with with ungors gores 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 um, that was my all, <laughs> all hurt army. Um, 
but uh, I would put the like so I would just have like an extra artifact kind of left over, and you're like, okay, yeah, I could put like a you know an ethereal amulet on a. Let's check the notes here. A great bray shaman. Um, no, but you'd have this little unit tax of having to have a beast lord. So I throw the sort of judgment on him. Then he had like a little derpy way of getting reroll hits, so it was like it felt like a combo. And then suddenly, like, and then suddenly, like this little, this little like eighty point idiot is one shotting a keeper of secrets that that one time, <laughs> because like everyone's ignoring the little like the little eighty point idiot foot hero guy that doesn't even give a good buff to the bestigors. They're just gonna try to deal with the bestigors. And so, like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, all 20 Bestigors are totally dead. So, anyway, I roll combat for my, uh, for my Beast of Chaos, uh, Beast Lord here. Uh, that's three sixes. Uh, that's five, five, four. That's 14 mortal wounds. <laughs> like... <laughs> I enjoyed putting, uh, the Sword of Japan on, uh, the Contorted Epitome when it came out. It was, like, one of the few things that was, like, actually surprising, like, actually super fighting. You're, like... That's a bunch of three by four neg or neg one one damage. Like ah, but it's nine attacks and it can get reroll ones. So and and all it is is just two heralds sitting on like this coiling um, mirror. So uh, my mind was always that um, one would take a swing and then toss it to the other like twin, and they're just like taking turns slicing and throwing and just passing it back and forth. So it was always that cinematic thing. I'm like no, I, I gotta have it. Like they gotta throw the sword back and forth to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Beast Lord was uh, was six attacks. Like, sure, I like those odds. <laughs> you know, <it's> a, <laughs> like that's at least one proc. Like, let's go. Um, so, uh, so now that Ruby Rod has stopped like ooing us, uh, thank you so much for uh, Jupes. Thank you so much for for dropping twenty uh, a twenty pack of gift subs off in chat there for everyone in chat gang. Um, what do we got here? Carneth, first time viewer. See, you usually watch my shit on YouTube. Like, that's where I recognize your name from. That, and I'm uh, usually in a Haywos chat. Haywos chat, yeah, yeah. I love the show, I can't help it. Sword of Japan lives on in First Prince with the epitome. Yeah, five up, do D3 mortal wounds. And this time it's on anything. Sword of Japan was only on uh, Monsters and Heroes. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and that I just to reset it, like, that's kind of what the big axe, ha it has that feel to me. You know, it's it just yeah, that, yeah. like, anytime you, you, you invoke, like, how awesome sort of Japan is in somebody, I think you're in the right design space. Uh, Vanilla Sauce, we already got your thoughts on, on, on the Bone Splitters artifacts, right? I I love that, that second one, the, clip, the most. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it would actually tempt me to, you know, maybe maybe buy some bone splitters. You know, get at least one, put it in Big Wa. Who cares? He's he's it's it's the only it's the only bone splitter that can dame Big Wa. Walk up the table next to my Iron Jaws Mega Boss on foot, who's got the destroyer. And I'm just gonna have two idiots run at you. You gotta you gotta um you gotta uh, model them a little bit like uh like a macho man, like orky savage, and uh, and Hulk orc orkkin. I I don't know. <laughs> orc Hogan, like. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Orc Hogan. Yeah, Orc Hogan, and and uh, yeah, Macho Man, orky uh, savage, yeah. or Orc Flair. Orc Flair, yeah, just like tag, like the mega powers. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. So uh, so now we're moving on to we've saved the best for last. Uh, you've got. 
How many uh, how many IJ artifacts do you have left, or enhancement enhancements do you have, Carneth? You've got three, and then you've got two. So we alternate Carneth lead, and we'll just go we'll go back and forth with them. All right, so uh, I'll go with I think is probably a fun one. It's a good utility piece. It's a Mork's voice box, aka it's a big rock. It's foot boss only, and you can use the roar monstrous action. Love it. Yep. Yep. So it's just simple. Like he says, Mork's talking now, and he just actually just whips the rock at somebody and like just like stuns him. <laughs> Instead of a roar, he just. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. We there was a there was a corn artifact was the, that was this good. I love that that space. That's so good, like just excellent, excellent. All right, um, I, I think no notes, right? Vanilla sauce, like just perfect. No, no, no I just I just love it. It's, it's hilarious. I love yeah. the I love the flavor of it too. Like it's just a <laughs> just a rock. Yeah, it, it's just a rock. Like he found a rock. It's the voice of Mork. And he's just going to whip it at somebody. Perfect. Perfect. Vanilla Sauce, what you got? Okay, so um, this one, I I sort of gave the game away at the start. Um, And so for me, uh, part of the narrative of uh, Iron Jaws is that the reason their armor is brightly colored is because they want to be seen. And part of the reason they ride Gorgrunters is because they want to get there quicker than everyone else so they can get stuck into the fight. Again, this this is why I used to use Griffonian gauntlets, because to me there's nothing more orky than getting more stuck in than the other orcs. <laughs> you know, you're leading. Even if everybody got there first, you got deeper into the enemy line. Yeah. So so that's good what its effect is gonna be. Um so it's I called it the, the banner of the best. Um, and it's a true Iron Jaw knows that being seen and getting stuck in are the main things that matter in a fight. And this audacious banner makes sure you're seen. The bearer may pile in an additional three inches when picked to fight. Um, I would be more than happy due to the thematic nature of like the narrative for for enemies to just get like plus one to hit you as well. Why not? Look, they can see you so easy. You've put this gigantic banner on your back so that they, so that it inspires you to charge deeper. Might as well let them hit you better as well. So, oh, okay. they're only better after you hit anyway because you're an iron jaw. So, 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 uh, my my feedback on this one: if you're getting like, is it a three inch pile in or is it an activation and pile in? It's very. Um, I would do it so that it um, so that it adds three inches, like the old Graphonian Gauntlets did, rather than allowing you to activate from outside of three inches. Um, very, because like uh, I I wouldn't want you to to like put this on a cabbage, uh, run up and sit six inches away, then suddenly pile into combat. That right. for me is not is not an Iron Jaws way of playing. That's like, I want you to charge and I want you to just plow straight through. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, perfectly stated, that's exactly where I would go with that because, like, the the six-inch activation and pylon, to me, isn't trying to get stuck in harder. It's trying to be cheeky. Like, this orc is charging forward. Like, so mechanically speaking, this is one of those places where, like, we're like, we gotta, we gotta have the design conversation. The more powerful thing would be activation. And if you saw that artifact out there and someone's like, well, it's not activating, so it's not good, right? Like, they're going to be like, they're going to, their mind is about to say those words out loud without recognizing the nuance of design that you just put into it, which is for you, 
this thing is about charging harder and diving in deeper than anybody else's lines. And I think that's a very important distinction. So I'm glad you say that. Um, if you're going to take the get shot better, I want you to have a six-up shrug. Like, I don't, I don't believe in giving penalties to artifacts de facto. You give penalties when it starts to do something unfair or extra. Does that make sense? Maybe it gives you plus one damage as well. I'll oh, take that. Yeah, so plus so, one damage, but now you get hit. But now you get hit easier. Even to being the best as well, you're gonna hit people harder. Yeah, you know, punch harder into the line. Or you have plus one attack because you hit them with the banner. Adds range to your attacks because you've attached you've attached an axe blade to the end of the banner. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's very orky to me. Like where you're starting to go here is like like you have like bonus reach or like an extra attack because you're hitting them with the banner. Like, <laughs> so actually, um, I converted one of my Ard boys like that with the Blood Bowls team. Because the way the Blood Bowls guy, like, runs, I've, like, put the banner in his hand, so he's, like, running as if he's going to spear someone with the banner. I like this artifact. This is beautiful. What do you think, Karnath? Oh, it's good. I think it's nice and thematic. Uh, encourages creativity in the modeling to make the banner. You know, like, what is this banner going to look like that everyone's going to be like, I got to go after this orc. There's a totem in the um, in the uh, Savage Orcs. It's one of the kits. They have this like just massive totem, as I recall. It looks like a huge club. Like I can just imagine you're going to go into that like that Savage Orcs like model range, clip off that thing, and then like grab that, put it on like your like war boss, and then like model a flat green stuff a flag onto this like huge club thing, and like you just have this like insane, outrageous thing. That's like why Thermal Rider Cloak was an amazing artifact. Because not only was it like kind of like what plus three inches to move and you get flying, quality effect, right? Quality effect, like opened up some list ideas. Like now you're putting it on like a an orc, uh, uh, like a, a war boss with a thermal rider cloak, right? Like so now he's flying and like just like zipping around the field and like trying to like punch stuff up. Like really, really great artifact. Uh, but the thing that was the best about it was watching people model capes onto tanks and shit in Cities of Sigmar. <laughs> like, 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 everyone... Uh, go ahead. Flying Steam Tank, which I think uh, Ben Johnson had done himself on, like, Twitter at one point. Yeah. Well, I, I think Vince also did it. And, although, what's funny is that we, we also talk about that design space of, you know... Yeah, people are getting that plus four movement because they want that fly. People are putting on the Steam Tank for consistency. <laughs> It's at least moving six inches. That's all I ask for. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, Thermal Rider Cloak was another one. It did, like, it's the same category of, like, sort of Japan. Like, it just, it did nothing wrong. <laughs> like, it, like it, it didn't deserve this. Like, I get it. Aether, a Aether, Aether Brooch, Quart or Aether Quartz Brooch probably went a little out of bounds. I know that everyone, like, hated Ethereal Amulet. Like, those two, fine. But these, t the these other beautiful, beautiful children were too good for this world. Like, and they didn't deserve this. I mean, those are old artifacts tend to show up in Cities of Sigmar, so they're going to be back in one way or other. Right, yeah. Uh, IJs should have a horned helmet artifact that gives them a flying headbutt attack. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I, I thought about uh, artifacts that would add an attack profile. Like, that happens all the time in 40k. I don't know why that's outside of the design space for AOS uh, trinkets. Like, I thought it was 
I honestly thought it was silly when the, uh, one of the rum artifacts is like, you get like a bow. And you're like, hell yeah. On sixes, you do a mortal wound. I'm like, all right, well, it sucks. Cool. I'm never taking it. Uh, like, it's like this isn't a bow. There was actually. Go ahead. Go. In, but because somebody in chat has mentioned a headbutt, uh, I think I should just go ahead with my second and last. Artifact. No, no, no. You got to edge it. You got you to gotta save it. Carneth. <laughs> Ooh, teasing. Also, That's I, a tease. That's also, also, I just want to say to Warlord Joel, Slanesh did nothing wrong. <laughs> it's all Slanesh's fault. Slanesh did nothing wrong. I kind of agree. They got way over nerfed and like and just uh, the way they approached quote unquote fixing that army. Um, this is, I mean, that's that's the anti anti what what the great enhancing about. The great enhancing about is about being passionate about the army and thinking. Like, making stuff for an army that a player who plays the army wants to play with. Like, I don't know how to, like, put that more explicitly in design. You know, when you give... When you, you release these books and it's just like, who 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 thought this was, like, how they, they wanted to play this army? Or who th you know, like, that, that sort of disharmony that happens. Like, what happened to Slanesh was just... They overcorrected... They, they listened to Facebook, like, Rage. They overcorrective steered. And then they release something that I don't think anyone was like truly passionate about when they made it. So, uh, I'll defend, I'll defend Slanesh too. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad to have someone else in the court too. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Kane, Ethereal yeah. Amulet was fine. Welcome to my 10 page dissertation. I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, Slanesh <laughs> was the god of access. So at the end of the day, if you tell me it's too powerful, I think the god's doing it right. <laughs> I don't know flying head, but uh, fly when you charge plus some sort of damage bonus. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, Caleb Kane just exploding. Uh, all of the uh, all of the RDP is being spent right now. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, we, we eight, got, nine, got Lord Well, Kernigan. You got everyone in there. 16, 17, 18. 18 and counting. 18,000 RDP being spent. Everyone's uh, paying the bone tithe today to remind y'all that chat gang ain't none to fuck with. So, no. This <laughs> is still popping off. Uh, so, so uh, I'm going to put a cooldown on this. I've decided now. Um, <laughs> this, this was the moment. <laughs> like, now that it's prohibitive for, like, catching back up with chat, like, okay, this is the moment. <laughs> You guys just, y'all keep doing you. You keep going. Uh, Car uh, uh, Carneth, what's your next artifact? So I wanted to really try to come up with something for the Shaman. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, like, no one takes the Shaman, so the Shaman's got to do something. So my thought was give them basically an artifact that gives them utility. What would that utility be? Pick an orc unit, and specifically an orc unit, so he can go have fun in Big Wah, because we should see more of that. Um, that has three or three or less wounds, so no Gorgrantas. Would although catch the pigs in bone splitters, but then again, if it's going in big wall, I think it's not that too bad. Um, that has ten or less models um, that has not been set up during the previous hero phase. That unit can run and charge. So if it is a body destroyer unit, yes, they could run, move four, specifically to be brutes and hard boys. Um, can't be run on the mega boss. Uh, can't go on pigs. Can't go anything else. It's literally just brutes and art boys um, to basically give them that forge move out of uh, my destroyers. But then they can run and charge. Gives them a little bit more extra movement. Gives them something more, something more to do. 
if that felt like we needed to bring it back to just a unit that hasn't been reinforced, hey, that's fine too. Um, but I wanted to give him something, so he was there was a reason to bring him. Like, yeah, it's a strong utility, but like, got to make those other models more attractive. Like, yeah. I know, I know, our boys have a place. Uh, they don't have a place in my army. They are the fugliest models. Uh, uh, you can ask anyone uh, in the Halo Discord. I run the Oops All Brutes army. It is a war chant, or it's a mega boss and Malkrasha, two brutes, or sorry, two war chantas and forty brutes. Mm-hmm. It, it's like nineteen seventy. It's it's or nineteen ninety. It's the perfect amount of like points. Yeah, we're there. <laughs> I I see. I I want to reinforce and re restate that like artifacts, like a once. A resource like this that you're spending on your army, because this is a selection resource and so on, it's allowed to be good. It's just like when there's a thousand point hero, yeah, it should probably be pretty good. It's half your army. Like, I, I'm, you know what? It's trendy. I'm going to shit on Marathi. The problem with Marathi, besides how just Anathema, I think, having a damage cap in a game where shit should die... Like, I will defend tank armies, uh, like, right to be a tanky army, because I do think that you gotta have, like, you know, you should have, like, one tank army for every, like, four great offensive armies or something like that. Like, the game shouldn't be more tank armies than offense armies, if that makes sense, because in a general sense, the game should be moving towards people taking models off the table. Right, like we should skew towards the game being more offensive than defensive, because that just makes for a better play experience. Right, like it's it feels like the game's progressing when models are being removed from the table. That being said, like so, so I I say all that because I'm like I will defend some tank armies should exist, but they should be outweighed by offensive armies. Um, the tank armies should feel meaningfully tanky. But saying like no, you straight up don't take shit off the table. That's garbo, right? Like that's where we go. Like, you're going against, like, I even like regeneration effects. I think they're fun, because I play death, of course I defend it. But, like, at least my opponent, like, gets to watch my models explode and stuff, and they get to go, like, they feel like they've had some, you know, like, they get that hit. When you hit Marathi with everything you have, and she just goes, nah. Like, that's, that's the bad. Um, But honestly, the thing that makes it the most egregious is her points. They're so much lower than more fair shit Archeon and Nagash are doing. Right? Like, it just... It's cra- it's crazy town to me. I, I mean, it's just... Like, what? Of For course! Archeon... Of course flamey explosion skeletons are fucking awesome! What are you talking... <laughs> They're awesome as hell! Like, like corpse explosions? Bound as hell! Like, yes! More <laughs> shit should explode when it dies. Get at I me, mean... at MR underscore M-E-P-H. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. No, I just look at Archeon. Like, yeah, everyone's like scared of him because, like, oh man, you could roll those two sixes and you could destroy any model in the game. You're like, yeah, that's cool as shit, and I expect that out of that model. But like, what else is he? Like, yeah, he's got a bunch of special rules, but like, yeah, I think he's fair. You look at Marathi, you're like, all right, what do you get out of Marathi? All right, well, you get Rentu, you get high damage, you get high mobility, you get spell casting. Um, even if you want to try going for the easier target, oh, minus one to hit, because lookouts are, like, she's just got, like, buff after buff after buff. Oh, she can't heal. Cool, but, like, you go, you can easily go four rounds without ever, like, touching her. two models! Like, that's, like, isn't that, like, a little bit of the elephant in the room? Is she's two fucking models for the cost of one that can project power 
twice, or not twice, but in two places, which feels... Yeah, so, so like, Little Marathi is going to hold your back objective counters uh, two models uh, whilst launching spells across the table, whilst Big Monster Marathi counts as five models and is just running into the middle, because why the hell not? She's invulnerable. Yeah. Frothing at the mouth, angry. We we had a hate on Marathi channel now. Yeah, we're just hating on Marathi. I again, again, my hate would be highly tempered if she cost half half the army, right? Like if she was half the cost of the entire oh, army, yeah. it'd be like, oh yeah, okay. Well, now you have to make a meaningful decision. Do I want my army to be like the better army, where like it's you know it's more composed, it's got a lot more stuff going on, or do I want to take like the slightly worse version of my army but have an OP god model? Which is kind of where, like, I think Nagash fit very nicely for a, a little spell there. It's like, like my army's better if I don't take Nagash, but, like, you feel like he's beating the crap out of you because, sure, he's a god model. And there is a caveat, an asterisk on that, is there are certain armies that just can't deal with a, a single god model, right? Like, Archeon, Nagash, like, even if Marathi were balanced, like, there are some armies out there that, that just, like, they look at their battle tome and they go... Building a, like, feasible army, uh, I don't have the tools in my toolbox to deal with one god model. Like, they just don't pass that litmus test. Um, but with that caveat in mind, usually it's, like, the best build of the, the armies, like, maybe shouldn't be the god model. But, like, they should be viable. You know, that's the trade-off you, you, you pay for playing with your god model that feels like a god. It's just you don't, you know, you're not the OP version of your army. Your best version of your army is, like, the, the like, more, like you know, ingenious list building with a bunch of, like, cool little mechanics and, you know, like, little synergies built up with, like, you know, that's the better version of your army. That's fine. Um, I, you know, you should, any centerpiece for any army, whether it's, like, a like a Catacross or a Gordrak or a Cabbage, you know, you know, the non-named version, like, any, ar like, the armies that have all these, like, sweet centerpieces, Black Coach, like, sweet centerpieces, you should feel, oh, Keepers of Secrets, Whatever the army is, your centerpiece should feel more than playable every single time. Poor Beast of Chaos. Gorgons look cool. <laughs> I can never run them. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so my, so I always have to kind of plug my friend's uh, Beast of Chaos. He, he converted every single model in his Beast of Chaos. Everything is converted. There's not a single model that is, I took it out of the kit and I built it. Um and, like, he's got some of the sweetest-looking dragon ogres. Like, he made them out of Flesh Eater uh, Crypt Horrors. And uh, what's the Griff... Not... What's the Griff Chargers? Like, they're like they're kit-bashed together. Um, and he's done, like, a ton of work. And I feel so bad. Like, his Gorgons actually do a little bit of work for him. But, like, I send five brutes. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go kill your Gorgon now. I'm sorry. It's, it's lived. Uh, and it made it into the danger zone. <laughs> uh, and, it, and like it's just they existed near brutes and they and they're just going to die now. Yeah, it explodes uh, and, and, and like and that's and that's a shame. Like, they shouldn't be that way. It like well they did the race to the bottom thing with Beast of Chaos. And this is and this is the problem with the army. Well not the problem with the army. There's you know, blah. Um I love the army. I love it. I'd I'd play it tomorrow and like beat people I have no business beating because like it's got the tools but like the mental bandwidth you use running that army is just it's so high because you can't you can't make mistakes, you know, like you just, there's no, there's no give to it. Um, but like they race to the bottom with the Gorgon scroll and at, at the end of the, like, yeah, it's a, it, it like, it does a lot more damage than maybe it should for its point cost, but like it's, it's made out of paper and explodes. I would way rather it costs more and was like 
awesome. You know what I'm saying? Then it costs less and was like kind of good. Like I want my right. monsters to be like chonky 400 point like slap shit ass kickers. You know that like you look at it and you're like oh fuck that can't get into my lines or it's just gonna shred everything and then like you have to actually like game around it whereas like the you kind of describe the opposite you're like oh no it entered the danger zone five brutes charge it and like fucking like broke it over their knee like so and you got a bonus victory point for your trouble because <laughs> it's a fucking monster yeah. just like because like looking at it it was just like oh i mean if if it gets into my lines and I decide not to attack it, it's going to kill two brutes. Can't have that. My brutes are worth <laughs> not, a lot not, more. Not two brutes! <laughs> so I'm going to kill it and smashing and bashing and go murder the rest of everything else that I'm in combat with. Amazing. It's actually just an easy smashing and bashing target. The sad oh. thing is, is when you say two brutes, you mean two brutes and not two units of brutes. It's that pathetic. <laughs> and yeah, like, I, I in a tournament... Uh, I didn't activate them because they were in range of. All right, uh, All right. I want you to keep else. going with this story, and then yeah, you got to yeah. tell people your favorite battle tomes while I go and get uh, more ice. Sure. All right. uh, didn't get to target them right away because they got hit by the stupid Taurus spell, and it, Gorgon actually got to swing and actually did like killed four brutes. It was like, wow, this is embarrassing. Um. But when it does, when it does work, it does work. All right, so I'm supposed to say favorite books like battle tomes. I'm not sure. You, you, I don't think he. Uh, which did he ask? Wait, it's me, Jubes. Karnas, tell us what books you like. Oh, favorite novels? Crap. Uh, so back in the day, I was a sucker for a Song of Ice and Fire, but that series will never end at this point. Um, yeah. It can get in the trash now. Yeah. Um, yeah. We saw we saw the ending. It wasn't good. Um uh let's see. Uh I liked Wheel of Time. Uh Wheel of Time was good. I haven't seen the Amazon series yet. Um I really haven't read much of like Warhammer stuff because most of it just seems like mm, like you, you really gotta you gotta sift through a lot of bad to get to the, the one diamond in the rough. Um, um, I, I didn't get along with Wheel of Time personally. Uh, I, I I sort of I, I chugged through book one, and I guess because I've read so much like epic fantasy before getting to Wheel of Time, I was like, oh yeah, this is just this, that, and this put together. I get that it's the source of those things, but the problem is, is because I because I approached it in the wrong order, it just didn't hit with me. Uh, fair, fair. Uh, my problem ended up being with Willow Time. I never got to finish the series. Um, I just stopped liking the main character. Um, the, the character I actually liked was Perrin. Uh, Perrin was much more grounded in everything. Uh, there was Matt. Um, Matt just seemed like he didn't have a purpose. And I was like, it's a Matt chapter. And it's like, all right, we're going to find something else that's interesting. Matt just happened to be there. And then Rand was just annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, it does make really good like f like feminist uh, like fantasy like a lot of empowered like characters, and that was good. It was just the characters we were supposed to care about. I stopped caring about. Like, give me more of um. I can't even remember half the characters' names at this point. It's been forever since I read those books. 
Um, favorite part of Mass Effect Three? Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a tally You're... stan, so anything. Yes, tally. Best waifu. Oh hell yeah! Like uh, I was sad couldn't romance her in one and uh, romance her in two and stay true in three. I love I love that Jupes was like uh, Carnith. Tell us what books you like, and it was just like I'm like I'm gonna store this for when I need to go like use the restroom and get more ice. And uh, that that thank you for giving me that Jupes giving me that like layup earlier on. That was perfect. Do you not like that bit of uh, of uh, Mass Effect Three where there was. You were in this like open chamber room sort of thing, and and there were three colors, and you had to pick one. Yeah, the oh, ending yeah. of it, but yeah. I was colorblind, uh, so I could only uh, I could only discern one ending from all three. I mean, they're the same ending. Let's be real. Um, just do you like it in red, blue, or green? Um, don't worry, and you're not missing anything. Um, I think didn't they go back and actually like fix the ending? And uh, apparently. <laughs> massively but i never i I, I thought i went back and played it and i still couldn't tell the difference i'm like so what did they change um uh, okay so who tried to do this who tried to do the mass effect thing because i'm not giving you guys credit in chat gang uh for unlocking the achievement because i'm about to fucking tee off here okay chat gang no chat gang doesn't get it carneth and vanilla sauce get the credit here okay uh, Mass Effect 3 was bad before the ending. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. The best part of Mass Effect 3 is the part they, is the only part of the game they decided not to port over when they remastered it, and it's called the multiplayer. Yeah. The multiplayer is the best part of that game. I could play it for hours. Like, I like multiplayer so much. Uh, well, what well, hmm. I, no, no, you're you're both you're you're both right. For like the multiplayer was very well polished and good, and Vanilla Sauce, I too hated it because I didn't play two hundred fucking hours of Mass Effect one and two by my fucking self to suddenly play a story driven game with a bunch of fucking randos on the internet. Fuck. Just release a separate fucking Mass Effect cash cow game called, like, Mass Effect Arena and fucking do that. Why the fuck did you ruin my single-player experience by diverting half the budget into a multiplayer I didn't ask for in a trilogy? Fuck! Ah! There. Everyone, I got very performatively mad for you. Are you happy? Are you happy? Do you do you like me like this, chat gang? Is Does this make you happy? You're like two thirds of the way through the campaign, you Sorry. know, and I mean two thirds through the last Sorry. game, not two thirds through the trilogy. Yeah, uh, two thirds of the way through the game. Sorry if I blew, like, blew your guys' headphones out there. I was trying to. Um, yeah. I need to, I guess, go farm multiplayer so that I have the optimal score, rather than just doing something in single yeah. player. Wow, to, to get, to get your hundred percent readiness, you can now play as a character who isn't my fucking character in a stupid-ass mode. I mean, what, horde modes were all the rage when that game came out? You had Gears having it, that had it. It was, like, the best part of that game. Like, it sucks. You're right. It should have been a separate game. And it's insulting that they took the only good part out of that game when they were like, by the way, here's the entire trilogy as one game. It's like, 
That's all I want to play again. I that's what I want to that's what I want to relive out of the Mass Effect series. At least at least for out of three. Like one's one's excellent despite the Mako. Two's good. I three is competent. I I story is not. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I mean, so three is a well produced game. Does that make sense? Like it's it's all the like the things that like if you have like a billion dollars to make a game, everything I expect to happen happened. It's just not like a good story anymore. Like, and this was the yeah. story game that had like flawed but functional gameplay. And the Mako, whilst being, I'm gonna in defense of the Mako, my fuck, god damn you, Chad gang, god damn you. Um, in defense of the Mako, what I loved about Mass Effect One and Two was Mass Effect One. The game was big and expansive and a mystery when the galaxy was big and expansive and a mystery to the human species, right? Like, because they weren't in part of the council yet. They didn't have a human uh, specter yet. And so, like, the the gameplay reflected that, like, everything's a mystery. So, like, the Mako going down and exploring the planets and stuff like that, making everything feel like a big mystery that's yet to be explored was great. And then, two was all about, like, okay, like... It's not a mystery anymore, but now it's but now it's about sort of like filling it in with the culture and the like and everything else. So like the bulk of of two was a lot more like relationship building. That's when we got like the awesome like play or whatever with the dudes who can't like who have no emotion, so they had to like do Shakespeare and they do the little emotive like you know like like gleeful reply and like the whole fucking and they're doing Shakespeare like that and shit and it's just this little backfill random like. And then, like, so when, so you have this, this, the first game is, like, the universe is big and unknown, and you're exploring it, and then the second game, the, now the universe is known, but we're filling it in with all the details, and then the third game said, fuck everything you knew about the first two games, you're just gonna be on these railroad tracks of just going through and checking boxes of, like, uninteresting, boring things that unmake everything you loved about the first two. I will also say, um, either. You know, uh, time is of the essence. There's a Reaper on Earth. Don't worry, you have three months. Oh, <laughs> oh! I, I, did anybody see that? Like, I had, I was forced to play Mass Effect three for a donation incentive. The thing I hammered the most was like how bad the story beats were. Like, you can't put a Reaper on Earth. Tell me thousands of people die every minute, and then have me fuck around the galaxy doing nothing with a character like Shepard. Shepard has punched a Reaper God in its mouth to death at this point, right? We go through the Omega-3 relay and we go and fucking kill a Reaper God with our bare goddamn hands and we've accidentally killed a previous Reaper on accident just like fucking hanging out. Just accidentally fucked with the other Reaper with the, you know, Mass Effect 1. And you're telling me, like, Shepard's like, no, you're right, dude. Like, I'm not going to want to go and punch all these Reapers that are... It, it fuck it, let alone the whole sitting sitting on like uh, sitting on their their ass for six months like Shepard cr- committed treason on purpose because the threat of the Reapers was too imminent to ignore but like well, uh, well also I mean it kind of ends up cheap- cheapening also like PTSD like everything goes into like he saw that one kid's thing go down and like that's his nightmares for like the next like eight months yeah not jensen dying the first person dying under his command not like his entire backstory or her if you're playing fam shep like you have like a backstory where you watch your whole colony get wiped out 
where's my story about that? Like, why wouldn't they? They made a whole point of like in the throughout the story, like like when you you select your backstory and stuff like that, and in, in in Mass Effect One where they recount like, oh Shepard, a little bit of a loose cannon though, and they they do that thing where they recount your story to you as like part of the thing. Where is any of that in the third game? You know, like like when you remember if you took like spacer or whatever, you accidentally run into like one of the old people from your gang in Mass Effect Two. If you took like w- depending on what backstory you took, there was like little random like side quests that cropped up from your random backstory. None of it matters in the like third game to just shoehorn in this rando kid. Like, at least make it like the first person to die under your command, Jensen, which is a character we got to meet. And we get him watch him get blasted away in Mass Effect One. That would have been a nice callback. Instead, like, and, and, like, what, I don't know, like, Ashley slash, K- like, fucking, uh, Caden, you know, because we leave them to get blown up with an entire fucking planet, and that feels like a big deal to me. No, some rando fucking kid. I've, like, oh, I had the backstory where, yeah, uh, was a kid watched my whole village destroyed. Got saved by, like, random drifters. Uh, well, and... And, like, even at that point, like, what if you, like, screwed up the the suicide mission? That's the people that should be showing up. My thing got murked. And, like, why can't things show up? He That's who should show up. He brought all those people into the Omega-3 relay. They knew what he was, what was going to go on. But, like, you can still feel that guilt. Like, I brought him there. And they died. Like, that should be who your PTSD is over. Yeah. Like if you if you'd perfect the suicide mission, like like yeah, it should it should default to something in like his past. Or if you where he's a goody where he's a goody two shoes and no one's died at that point, then don't have him have that. Like well, yeah, K- we can have some cool branching options based on what you did. Or Caden and actually, yeah, like you said. Um, just to- you, you know what's interesting? Cool branching options, like things you did mattered. You mean the exact thing that didn't matter in Mass Effect 3? Every single... I saved an entire alien species. Oh, the Rachni? Yeah. And oh, it's just I, numbers oh. on a fucking screen? Plus, plus 30. Plus yeah. 30. Plus 30 points. <laughs> Fuck them. I'm sorry Mass Effect 3 stands. I get it that you enjoyed the gameplay. But they ruined oh. Mass Effect... <laughs> As a Mass Effect stand, I can still like the game and relentlessly shit on it. It's true. No, I mean you it, you don't need to like like there's like uh we were I was talking with Jupes a little bit ago like where I like I I have this part of my my personality where I like games to punish me, Daddy. Like just like I love I love XCOM. Like I just sometimes I need to suffer, but not like this with Mass Effect Three. <laughs> so speaking of suffering. <laughs> Iron Jaws, your artifact, Vanilla Sauce. Okay, so a while back, someone mentioned a headbutt. Um, so I I have been looking through uh, 40k orcs, and um, and on the 40k orc side, uh, I think it's the Goths have like reinforced jaws or something. That means when they charge, they do more damage or something stupid like that. And I thought, hey, that's actually a really good and very orky idea. So. I went with the Iron Skull. And it's, uh, this brute likes to surprise his enemy with an headbutt to see if they're even worth fighting. Can you say headbutt again, by the way? Headbutt. That's not even like you trying to sound like an orc. That's just how you talk in natively. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm surprised there's any T's in it either. 
<laughs> Continue. Um, <laughs> I, I love your accent, Vanilla Sauce. I'm sorry, you're, the, the I have rule. the accent. You're normal. Right. Good. Um, the rules. So I tried to balance it by putting a dice roll in here. Uh, you could remove that if you wanted, if you thought that was fine. But I personally see it as being a bit busted if it doesn't have a dice roll. But anyway, here's the rules for it. At the start of combat, on a free plus, choose a unit within one inch and inflict a number of mortal wounds equal to their save characteristic. So the reason this would go into the theme is because like he's doing the headbutt to see if you're even worth his effort to fight. And and like the big hero models have things like a two and a three up. So if he headbutts you, it's gonna be like two mortal wounds, who cares? But you know, if if he's fighting, I don't know, some zombies, he's gonna headbutt them, he's gonna go straight through them and he's gonna kill like seven of them. Like, he's going to headbutt that first zombie so hard it kills six of his friends. Like, his head just flies off and just, like, like ping-pongs around <laughs> killing him. <more. laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, That's the artifact. It's just, just simple like that. It's just at the start of the combat phase, he just headbutts someone. I love it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, it kind of reminds me of... Um... The uh, Mountain of Loathsome Flesh off the off the go, where uh, it can just do some mortal wounds that way. Would you do it foot boss or foot boss only, or could this go on the mock crush as well? I, I'd probably do it on foot boss only personally. Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff I came up with was like, no, this needs to go on the foot boss. Mock crusher already has everything it needs. Like anything else, you like this is mock crusher only. I'd be like, why though? It, it's doing everything you need it to yeah, do. The, the mock crusher, like when you look at the what's in the book. Um, in the book, we've got these command traits and artifacts that feed beautifully into the Maw Crusher. So I, I just want the, the guy on foot to see some more love. Exactly. So why not have him... Because like he's going to demonstrate, and, and he used to lead brutes as well. Like in, in the old book, uh, he used to... Uh, I think it was he gave them reroll ones or something like that, specifically to brutes. Yes. Um, yeah. And... So I didn't make an enhancing artifact for it, but I, I was very much thinking of the guy on foot when I did this. Um, but yeah, I, I would even love an enhancing artifact if maybe it's your next one, um, where he buffs brutes, and then we can push we can push that side of the of the army again instead of you know whatever else we were doing with the cabbage. Well. I don't have one. If I was to grab one on the top of my head, what seems to be a common trend that everything has been doing is when the hero fights, he brings in a unit. I think that would fit in nicely. He fights in, his other boys get so excited, they immediately pile in and fight too. Yeah. Um, could help build that smashing and bashing. Um, I do like that artifact. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out their mind real quick. Uh, I call it Gork's Battle Brew, harkening back to Battle Brew. It doesn't do exactly Battle Brew, but it's foot boss. Honestly, this could be a trait or an artifact. Uh, foot boss only, double strength from victory. Whenever he fights and kills something, plus two wounds, plus two attacks. So he gets he hulks out faster than everyone else. That's why he can't write the Maw Crusher. It's too big. He gets too big. That makes yeah. sense. This is yeah. No, go ahead. I'd make that an artifact because that way it will block out the destroyer artifact. So you'd use that as like a kind of internal balance where you sort of by taking that you block another artifact being put on him. Because otherwise, if you would stack them both, and it would just be mental. Fair. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, I love it. 
Also, the other re- uh, the other case for artifact is like you might have people who want to model the the battle brew, like like a little tankard or like an Orin like gourd to like drink from the belt. Honestly, if uh, if that was if that was the thing, uh, I would probably I would look to to forty k, and I'd probably be looking at something like Gasgul Fracker or something, and then just make him AOS. Um, yeah. to make like this massive orc or I think um, is it Artel Miniatures or something like that they have like this big uh, on Raging Heroes there's this big orc for them as well and you you just maybe you bring your mega boss with you then after he gets a couple stacks of strength from victory you swap him out for this bigger version mm, there you go yeah alright Vanilla Sauce you have another one and then and then we end on Garna that was the last one. Oh yeah, yeah that was my last one too oh we did it right Cool. See, um, I was worried we were de- being too efficient with this episode. Uh, like, I-, I was watching the time a little bit there. I'm like, man, this is going to be a one-hour uh, rant cast. And I'm like, I can't have that. Uh, so I-, I leaned into the Mass Effect rant, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm happy I did. Yeah. I mean, I think we hit we had a lot of errors. We hit, we hit a OBR pretty well talking about how to fix them. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to hear me uh, talk more about fixing OBR, look for me on Warhammer Weekly next week, where I steal Carneth's idea about the tithe. Um. <laughs> I'll, I'll expect the, the call out for it. All right, I'll be watching that one live. I think what helped to get through it was uh, was me and Carneth. Like we we just liked each other's enhancement ideas because obviously we both like really play the armies a lot, so we were just wanting to add more flavor to it. Right on, right on. So I, I mean, I guess just to like sort of reset and and just sort of summarize kind of what you had going on here, um, you know, Vanilla, uh, you know, what you both had going on here, Vanilla Sauce, like just sort of like your philosophy, what you hope, like if Games Workshop starts to, I don't know, mine content with GHBs and putting new artifacts in them for for the various factions or whatever. I, I want to get these ideas out there because I believe that you get people talking about them and then just the, it, these ideas percolate into, you know, into what Games Workshop must inevitably do. If, like, the community wants and desires stuff, near, like, enough and we, we start just kind of, like, just making games in our image and, you know, like, running tournaments where we, we do, like, whatever the fuck we want, um, at some point they have to conform to, like, us or, you know, we don't buy their shit anymore, right? Like... Like my idea is that like this percolates out, but but what kind of what are you hoping for sort of going forward? Like different, yeah, the osmosis, cultural osmosis, right? Like that's a, that's a thing. Um, so the cultural osmosis, what is your sort of like hope going forward? Like just the design space of artifacts, or like what do you hope that to, to happen from here, and so on and so forth? Vanilla sauce, and then Carnet, same question. Well, it's um, it's actually one of the reasons why uh, I play Iron Jaws, is the army does what I wish other armies did. Um, if I want to play it a certain way, I basically can. Um, so Carniff mentioned he likes uh, oops all brutes. Well, I'm I'm pretty similar apart from I'm there like oh look it's all pigs. You know, there's there's a cabbage, there's like two war chanters, and the rest is pigs. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's just running at you. It's that epic cavalry charge. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that sort of thing where the player can show off their personality when it comes to the army. I don't like it when you're forced down one particular route. 
um, which is why uh, for Cruel Boys with my enhancements, I was trying to enhance things like Gut Rippers. Uh, and it's also why I loved it when Carniff added, uh, had one that added uh, Hobcrot's Battle Line. Because um, the more flexibility and the more we make it that you can sort of lean on the gas for different aspects of an army means that you're going to have somebody come along who goes, hey, I really love that one model in this army. I wish I could use it. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned with the Gorgon, like it, if it was a good unit, then the people who really love the model would turn up with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's what I want. I I want all the models to be viable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't all need to be the best model, but just no. give give me an excuse, right? Like just give me an excuse to play this thing that I love, right? That's where I think artifacts and and enhancements fit really well. Is like. They're basically excuses to play something if done right. Carneth, uh, your your sort of like cultural osmosis take on on what we, what we hope for, what you hope for. I think Vanilla said it perfectly. Iron Jaws is kind of that ideal of what I want out of an army. Like, yeah, I can play Oops All Brutes. He can play Oops All Pigs. We still all do the same thing, but we reach that goal with in our own way, right? And that is always like that is the Johnny expression. I want to be able to do this in my own way and we can get there. And not a lot of armies have that ability where you are so forced into one way that you must play this way. And if you deviate from this, maybe eke out a couple of victories where you feel good, but you're you're going through a lot of bad times because like, man, this model, if it just had one little extra boost, it it could get there. Um, it wouldn't so, have to be so hard on you know on all those other times when you're losing that you know you're just like at the back right. foot or whatever yeah right and so uh, and so for me that's why uh, that's why it makes me sad when I see a lot of armies that are like had that way and uh, they get instantly demolished like uh, that's what frustrates me with IDK uh, not an army for me but man does it suck that you don't see the Marty. Um, Apparently, uh, I forgot where I read it. Apparently, Namardi do, or at least Reavers do great in some places in the UK and Australia, but like, I, I don't ever hear about them in, in the States. Um, uh, I look at Slash, the, the demons are just non existent. If someone goes, What do you play in Slash? I go, Don't touch, the, well, you got to bring demons, but you summon them and you don't bring them in your list. Like, you just don't. They're, they don't do anything. They're not going to do it. Just don't. Like, you, you started at a bad spot. And there's there's plenty of armies that you you start thinking like that model looks really cool, and then the person goes, "Hate to break it to you, buy it, paint it because you love it. It's going to sit on your shelf." Yeah. Why? Well, I can't say you know like especially for a new player. I want I want to buy I don't know maybe maybe really like Minotaurs uh, at least where Minotaurs used to be they got better but sure you you tack on seventeen additional buffs they're going to get there, mm-hmm. but like they used to be. Like one of the worst units in the game. Ah, oh, they look cool. I want to buy them. Yeah, but they die to everything and they don't do damage. So you're going to be spending more time putting them back in your box well, than th- they're sitting on the field. Well, there's there's entire armies that are like that right now, right? Like there's like uh, not necessarily Beast of Chaos is weird. It's uh, the the race to the bottom for Beast of Chaos is like making it to where it can do some like aggressive things on the table. Um, also, I just want to say rip to Beast of Chaos because they are the next Tom, Tom Celestial. Yep. Oh, what like, hell. like you, you hate to see it. Uh, needed, yeah. needed a tome. Got a tome slash. And, and you know what it is? Is like I'm, I'm paying the karmic price right now because Soulblight Gravelords was a great book. 
Like it's just, like it's it's got a little bit of the IJ factor going on. It has a couple units that are exceptions or a couple models that are exceptions to the rule. But widely, like you can like I can pretty much play with whatever's in this book, and I can I can find a way to make it work. And you know, um, there's a place for skeletons and graveguard and wolves and and zombies. Like there's a place like for all of our base range models, like fell bats. I can even find a place for those. Like luckily, they're not like a weird dominant cheeky like uh, stupid. Uh, Stormcast Eternals thing with like their stupid birds, like they didn't make them like some horrible NPE way to play the army. They're just like no, they're just like a cheap thing that you can use to like uh, mess with some deployments and stuff. And like that's exactly where those should be, you know. Um, so like they, they've got like they've got that going on, but there's a couple models where you're like I don't I don't really know where this fits in when I can do this. But for the most part, it's like I can I can find a way to play this army. However, um, that's a good place to be in for an army. Um, like I, I struggle to think about like IDK like Reavers. You can do a Reavers and Turtle Army, which is what you're talking about, like the Euro scene. What they're kind of doing with like with them that it's like Reavers and Turtles and and like a a, a, a small like a, a, a complement of eels for like some pinning and winning, or basically while the Reavers do their work. Um, is I want um, I want in particular GW when they design to. To think about the approach of lifting things up rather than pushing them down. Um, I don't like it, it feels bad when, for example, that Slanash player who was playing that book of Slanash where it was too powerful compared to everyone else. The easy option is to smash the Slanash army in the face with a nerf bat as hard as you can. But it feels bad for that player. Everybody else briefly feels good, but then they feel a little bad that that player doesn't get to play what's fun anymore, and it becomes a non-factor for them. Uh, so, but the hard way and the better way, in my mind, is to just lift other people up. Um, a good example for me is uh, fire slayers. As you can see behind me, they're just sat on my shelf. Um, I loved playing five magma drops because. Uh, because the sub-faction uh, Lofnir opened up the design space to allow me to bring five behemoths, if they were all magma drops. And I loved that there was a way of playing it where it was still viable. You know, I, I, I took it to 4-1, uh, only beaten by Slanesh. Um, and I, I'm, I made it, and my list had zero half-guard berserkers in. Um, but particularly like more recently with the change to AOS 3 and that, what we've seen, at least when it comes to Fire Slayers, is the the small hero spam version of the army has become less and less relevant with the shooting meta. And then the Magma Drop side of it is just non-existent anymore because of the change to priests and the change to armor stacking and stuff like that. So much so that you are basically the only thing viable in the army is half guard berserker spam. So essentially, to balance half guard berserkers, they nerfed everything into oblivion except for half guard berserkers until it brought half guard berserkers into line, which for me is the wrong way to approach it. It's I believe a similar thing happened with KO in their first book. Um, is that uh, they were trying to deal with clown car, specifically Zilfin. And so the whole army just kept getting nerf after nerf after nerf to deal with Zilfin rather than just dealing with the root cause of the problem. I, I think this is going to happen with LRL. This is my great fear for LRL, is like if you ner like to bring Sentinels in line, the thought that like 
they keep going in like some weird directions to to bring them in line where it's like they have a core mechanical thing you need to address it has nothing to do with points and then you need to actually like bring other stuff up you know like uh, right now it feels like the LRL players feel like they don't have a chance unless they play with Sentinels because the rest of the army just isn't to snuff I know that they're they're like they feel overwhelming from a rules standpoint and that their AOS reminder sheet is like 16 pages long. Uh, but like, that's not a, like, that's not, uh, Jupes hot take. I kind of like LRL even went so far as to, uh, bought the release box. I own their, uh, collector's edition codex. Sorry. Battle Tome. Just cause I like the art and, uh, I bought, uh, the release box for my buddy's birthday. Uh, and he already had a release box, so he let me keep the battle tome and the dice. So, um, and he just got a bunch of sweet models. I like LRL. I'll go to bat for them. I, for me, I hate, I hate when they like they nerf armies. Like this is why, like when Slanesh, like okay, Slanesh went out of bounds. Okay, um, f- maybe fine, right? But they always have this problem of like bringing things down rather than like addressing whatever the core mechanical issue is until it's like unplay like the uh, the overcorrective steering that I see is the thing that like bugs me because people are invested in their armies and by the way the egregious slanesh players out there I didn't play against a slanesh player who didn't like slanesh like as an army like a lot of the slanesh players I played against were just waiting for that army to be great again and like pull why did you see slanesh immediately on the tournament scene because everyone already fucking had it, right? Like, like, wh- like, if Beast of Chaos gets, like, a Battle Tome tomorrow, and it's great, you're going to see it in tournaments performing immediately the day after tomorrow. Because everyone already, already has it and loves it. They're going to have to buy, like, a couple of new models, and, like, maybe they went, like, maybe they went, like, uh, Bray, Bray Heavy, and, like, it turns out the Minotaurs are, are like, the best thing, so they're going to need to buy some Minotaurs. You know what I'm saying? Like... But they have the rest of the bones of the army. This this pendulum that swings through through people's armies where, like, your best thing might be the models you don't own right now, but the startup's a lot easier for getting 500 points of buff pieces and or battle line than buying 2,000 points of whatever. Like, it, you see these armies emerge kind of immediately because, like, there's people who are passionate about their army right now and they're waiting for an excuse. And when it turns out that it's awesome, like, oh, yes, and they feel great for those, like, first two months. And then, like, their friends aren't having any fun because like their friends playing an ignored army like corn and like and like you don't want to be that person who's just like shitting on your friend who's as passionate about corn as you are about slanesh or ko or whatever your army is right like we all have our army that we love the most like you guys i mean i think it was a really good theme of tonight that like that ij has just a consistent fallback army or broadly orcs as like just that consistent fallback army because Games Workshop understands that they that the demographic breakdown, they always need orcs to be relevant in some way. They're like orcs are orcs, elves, and I would posit dragons. Even though there's been a disturbing lack of dragons, like it's like orcs, elves, and dragons are kind of like the fucking why you sign up to fantasy, right? Like the when you're a fucking fantasy nerd to begin with, wizards. Right, wizards, orcs, elves, dragons—like those—that's what we're fucking signing up for. Um, so like you kind of got to keep that shit relevant. Um, it's what they do with other stuff in the meantime that just like—I don't know, I don't know. It 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 talking about like the bringing people up. 
it, it's for me. I think that's the exact artifact problem. People are upset about how you know good like ten artifacts were of the hundred artifacts from the malign uh, malign sorcery days or whatever. And what they were really upset about was that they didn't have like awesome shit in their own book to look at. You know, but they displaced that that malaise onto like, well, look at these good things. Well, if you had good things and these things are good, then like you're not going to give a fuck. You know, if you had something that enticed you away from an Aether Quartz brooch to begin with, well, Aether Quartz brooch is a terrible example. That that artifact was kind of absurd. But like, there's a you know sort of judgment thermal thermal rider cloak. Like, if you had artifacts in your own book that said, what if because your book is specific, you get thermal you get a turbo thermal rider cloak like there's other people can take the generic version of it which just gives you flying your codex is the one that gets thermal rider cloak plus the three inch movement you know what i'm saying like what if the generic ones were like the cool thing but your specific thing is just a little bit better or a little bit more interesting or a little bit more specific to what you have going on within your battle tome enhances an allegiance ability or you know like that's the thing it's just i don't know yeah, and it doesn't doesn't necessarily even have to be mechanically powerful. It just needs to to make me wanna like unleash that flavor of the army, you know? Yeah, because um, like uh, like looking at the artifacts, you're like, all right, this, this is cool, but does not fit the theme. Or um, you know, like it was the problem with the Destiny. It was too good. Everyone looked at it and go, ah, oh, just yeah. Uh, I've gone for something that needs to be the most durable, and uh, yep, I've checked off. Uh, there's my amulet. Uh, everything else in my book sucks. So uh, there's the arcane tome. Like, just make make book artifacts better. Make them worthwhile. How if half of these that we came up with tonight made in the book? I wouldn't look at those other stuff. And be like, nah, dude. I want to go give my orc the axe that grows bigger because that's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want that. Mm-hmm. Like, give me that. Destroyer, like, I think it was when Halo went over it, he said, like, Destroyer was, like, the gold standard. Like, yep, it's good. It's I would take this over Amulet. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they all should be to that standard. Stop writing f- fucking Flask. So so the, the thing about Amulet Destiny, and I spoke to Meth about this probably, like, I think a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago, um, when I was first picking up Giants. Uh, we got Amulet of Destiny, and I felt sad because I really wanted to play Gatebreakers and just punch people in the face. Because Vince would always talk about how Giants was all about retreating and just holding the objective and just standing there and being lame. But me, coming from the Iron Jaws background, I was there like, Gatebreakers are really good at punching people in the face. I want to punch people in the face harder. Um, so I, I would take the uh, so I, I was looking at the plus two attacks command trait insta- instead of anything else. And then I just got sad when I was stuck with one artifact. So I'd be there like, well, if I want to even be relevant in an event, I need Amulet Destiny. But my heart is telling me to take something like Vial of Manticore Venom, which just makes me better at punching people in the face. Um, so... I'm not sad Amulet of Destiny got nerfed. Um, I'm, I'm sad how they nerfed it, but I'm not sad it's become less mandatory, especially for some something like Giants. Hmm. Uh, and 
just because it's for me it, it it's let me go well actually i can just take more damage stuff now um without feeling like i've put myself in a ditch mm -hmm. i i think that happens with with players in aos like you 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 the the, the feeling that you put yourself in a ditch i think that happens to us because like the inclination is to like want to play like just like the bonkers ridiculous things that you love and then you find out that they're like not as good as some other stuff and you're like like but i don't want like i want to play the game of age of sigmar and then like you get to the table and you're like i don't know like a little bit of like an arms race feel to it you know where, where you got to feel like you're locked in this is this is the reason why it's always like or this this goes back to like the bringing people up just just bring give me an excuse let me like feel relevant with my like wacky like pet units and stuff like that you it doesn't need to be the best but just let me feel like i'm in it let me feel like i'm i'm not completely throwing myself in the ditch like i understand that i'm not bringing like like the the hotness but i'm at least not like burying myself at deployment by what i chose because i liked the models you know games workshop says over and over again and i believe them that they're a models company so like let me play all your models, dude. Like, <laughs> pretty simple. Uh, GW, please rewrite Slangors. Uh, I just need to put that one out there. No, you did. Oh, and like, but that hits like both the beasts of chaos. And... Go ahead. I know, I know. Slangors need a rewrite. There's actually been on TGA. They've put up two. Uh, this woman put out collected all this data. Did two surveys. Um, and it was like, what's the number one thing you want? And like the number one comments is just rewrite Slangors, please. They look cool. We want to play them. They are utter ass. They don't even need to rewrite it. They just need to take the Shadespire models rules. And that's what the three Slangors have for rules. See, I know people who own them who are ready for this. Just like just like Math was saying just before, you're gonna drop like the book that changes this, and it's not gonna be, hey, we've got to wait three weeks for these people to go out, buy the model, and paint them. The people who like that model already have it. It's already <laughs> built, it's already painted, it's waiting for the opportunity to hit the table. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the the I was at Adepticon when they announced uh, the new Keeper of Secrets. Like it was the night before, um, because I was in the team, or no, I was in the team tournament. It went out Thursday. The team tournament was a Friday. Uh, I had a Exalted Keeper of Secrets. Me, my friend was playing Beast of Chaos. I was playing pre-book Slanesh. Beautiful. Um, you, you and your friend are are uh, uh, paragons of the community. And I love you. Yeah, both. Uh, I, I will. I will post the picture of our board in chat of just how many models showed up on that on a two by two board. Um, and like we got creative. It, that board was full. Um, and I was like, oh my god, the new keeper of secrets. And like a lot of people, are like, oh, it's kind of ugly. I'm like, you understand though? That's Slanesh beauty right there. Like that thing I saw, and I was like, S tier model. It. S tier model. Yeah. Oh, I own two. Uh, I eventually need to get a Shalaxi, but she's also up there. Need needs needs some fixing. Uh, one attack weapons uh -uh, uh -uh, can't happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It actually, um, speaking of one attack weapons, it's one of the big shames of uh, this crocodile dude. 
is uh, they they finally gave us instead of d6 damage, they gave us d3 plus three. Where I, I, don't, I don't feel terrible rolling a one. It's a two. It's a two. However, you always roll a two. However, it's a single attack, so it never even hits in the first. Uh, the the key <laughs> you you play big wa. And the turn you big wa, it's two. Ooh. That yeah, uh, I actually I I did a big wa army. Nagash's of... stink eye is one attack, one d six damage. It always misses. You don't even get to roll the d six. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Big wa, I did uh, what twenty brutes, uh, a war chanta, a mega boss, a maw crusher. Took took the sludge raker, took a shaman, and took six bolt boys because of course, and like. Yeah, it was it felt good. Um, and I was like, man, I'm gonna big wall and I'm gonna two bites. Uh, and actually, the bite was what killed Orgot's demon's view. I rolled that six. Uh, he had taken damage, but I was like, take six mortal wounds. This bite did something. Normally, Sludgeraker kills so much stuff ahead of time. I never get to do the bite, or the bite misses, uh, or they save the bite. And I was like, no, this bite, oh, like. Like, it's going to do seven mortal wounds, and people are going to shit themselves. They're like, how much mortal wounds? Yeah, seven. Um, like, it's an awkward number, but, like, it's one attack. No one's expecting that. I I do love the slow Tracker in general, though, I will say. Um, he, he very much uh, hits the notes. Um, specifically when we're using it as a combat monster, rather than using it um, as a buff piece for... Maybe like a buff like, wagon. A crossbows? Like, no, no. As a monster, it's hilarious. Because one turn, you hit someone, and it does like 23 damage or something obscene. And then the next turn, you take a swing, and it's like, I did five damage. I missed, and I had no rend. Yeah, I brought my Sludge Raker out. Uh, built him a Slum Drack. I'll get him a little closer. Um, he's, been, he's been super fun. <laughs> it's fantastic. I have a I have a second one to build as Slum Drug. <laughs> Ooh, I, I don't know if I could do two. Uh, I don't know where the points are in that army for two. Uh, so what we do is we take all the crossbows out. We acknowledge Ooh, that true. We've, we've lost the game. And we put a second crocodile in. And we go eat crocodiles and just throw them at your opponent. I might have to start asking my friends, can, can, I, can I run uh, the house version of Cruel Boys and throw all of our stuff in? <laughs> Like, let me just play. Let me play Gut Rippers. They're fun. They're, they'll be fun. I have like, sixteen painted Gut Rippers there, and I've got uh, ten more in a box next to me. Um, I, I only have twenty. Um, I, like, I will get more, um, but I do have twelve Bolt Boys because where they're. I don't want to like. I don't want to run. I don't want to be the guy that runs eighteen of them. I'll run twelve. Oh, like a true gentleman, like a Tyler Emerson. You're not going to run fifteen snakes. You're going to run exactly. 10. Ten. You're just you're keeping it reasonable here. <laughs> like I, I like I still run like ten to twenty gut rippers in my army. Like I was like, yeah, if I'm gonna play this like the smart way, I take out all of them and just replace with Hobgrots. Yeah. But like I don't want to play Hobgrots. Honestly, they are ugly models. I hate the way they painted them. Like I do not like them. They do not belong in my orc army. Mm. Mm. But you find a lot of pure pure like old school orc players. Hate goblins. Yeah, like, like, like they're, they're little, they're little orcs. They're not proper orcs. They don't count. 
Yeah, like I actually had to paint them green. Like yellow just makes them look like they're just sickly. Um, I was like, all right, if I at least paint them green, they can fit in and I'll enjoy them more. Um, and just cover them in null oil so they just look dirty. So like, I'll go that way. Um, but like, I just treat them as grats. Like, if you go like, no, they're hog rats, but um, not not in this army, they're not. Thematically, thematically, they are grots that have just ate too much gloom spite mushrooms and just grew too tall. That's kind of awesome. Um, Vanilla, you you hanging on to a thought there? I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off. Okay. All right, we're good. All right, so final soapbox, gentlemen. The uh, any anything we uh, we we touched on, you didn't go get to go in depth on any uh, anything that's been like uh, like off in the peripheral of what you've been thinking about. Anything you just want to say or platform tonight? Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Vanel. Cast. What was that? Give Gobsprack plus one to cast. <laughs> Give Gobsprack plus one to cast. Fair enough. I'm not asking for much, guys. Just, just give him something. He's a named wizard. Like, it costs almost 300 points. Why is he naked casting? I'll go one further. I want to see a rules change on Gordrak that will both hurt and harm him, or will buff him and harm him at the same time. I want his axes to change to the damage characteristic and not just two mortal wounds. When I war chant buff him, I want him to go to three mortal wounds when he strikes. And likewise, when I run against Seraphon Coalesce and they do minus one, make it go to one mortal wound. But let him match his damage characteristic. Like, he's already bad enough as he is because he's a named character. He already costs more than everything else. Let him do that more mortal wound damage. Like, what's the deal? See, it's I not thought. Harm anything. I thought they figured out what to do with named characters like kind of half an edition ago. Like, um, like Gotrick kind of initially as Gotrick appeared. I'm like, yo, like, nice. You know, and and even with like where, where Nagash and Archeon kind of headed, I'm like, hey, they figured out how to do named characters. You have to make them kind of OP, like for their points a little bit. Yeah, sure. Give them like a little bit of like a, like an extra cost just because they're named. Like, sure. Like they're 100, 100 point premium for a named thing fine like we just agree 100 point premium for a name thing you always cost 100 points more than like whatever your generic version is but you get to be like a little weird and op because the ability to modulate it with like extra equipment and you know extra stuff will always make up for that gap you know like it just it always felt right and now it's like now just kind of universally the name versions of everything is worse so it's like we're in a bizarro land where names version of everything should just be a hundred points cheaper version of the generic thing. But that feels the opposite of what should be true. They just did that with Xantos. Xantos is cheaper than the generic Liege Cavalos. Alright, because because the attacks on those points that you would buff him with a command trait. <laughs> And an artifact or something, yeah. right? And I'm like, but that's backwards. It's backwards because you're the named version of it, so you're supposed to be the better version of the thing. But sorry, go on. They have that in uh, in 40k. Um, the named characters like Gasgol Fracker and all that. Um, like if they're a warlord, then they get a warlord bonus. You know, uh, which is like a general. If they're a general, they get a they get what will be their equivalent of a command trait, you know? So, like, they've got it baked into them. 
on top of the cool stuff. So, like, somebody at GW does know how to make characters and monsters. It's just, unfortunately, they're off in the 40k team. Yeah, and, like, because I play Demons of Slash in 40k. Yeah, it's like, oh, I want to run, like, like, with the demons, you run a majority named characters. Like, there's just a lot of named characters in there. That's but, cool. Like, I, That's cool. But if, I, but if I took one of them, it's not like, oh, man, I screwed myself out of command trait. It's, oh, no, this guy just gets picked this one. And I look and I go, That's decent. I'll take it. And I run with it. Yeah. Like, like, Araman's a good example. He's, uh, for people who don't know, he's like, he's, uh, one of the poster boy sorcerers for one of the, uh, like, Chaos Sorcerer and Space Marine factions. And, uh, and what does his warlord trait do? It makes him better at being a sorcerer and living and, you know, like, and, and the big demon sorcerer for that faction, uh, Magnus, what does that do? It makes him better at being a sorcerer. Hey, Gordrax, like the, the head of our Iron Jaws faction, maybe he should get a command trait that makes him better at punching people in the face. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. No, make- sorry. You actually got to put him in an RPG adventure where he decides to not do any side quests and then get taken, and then get his entire storyline taken over and by that, somebody else. Yeah, and then he just hands over his character sheet to Kragnos, uh, who apparently is the new god of destruction. I want to vomit blood at the thought of that. <laughs> like every every destruction. Okay, so. No, every, no, keep I, going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull every, you up on the vote. No, every, you guys got this. Every single Iron Jaw player. How it's happening for Kragnos? Every single Iron Jaw player went. Yes, something cool is going to happen with destruction. We're not NPCs. We're not NPCs. I swear to God, we're not NPCs, guys. We are re- story relevant. Something cool is going to happen, and then Kragnos happened, and then we finally get to see. Like we were there, like at the gates. We're finally gonna see. Gordrak become what we've always imagined him to be. What's that? A new model's coming out? Wait, wait, what? Why is it a centaur? Wait, wait that, that, why, why, why is there a giant centaur? Oh no, it's a destruction god? What? What happened to Gorgabok? Oh, but don't worry, he's not really a god, he's a demigod, and uh, he was actually really bad at destroying all the dragons, and uh, he got a mountain put on top of him. You're just like, oh, so this guy is a failure. Great. He um, he he was so good at killing dragons that a tiny little frog hid him in a mountain. <laughs> uh, or or like uh, the, like the first story for what? What was that? Broken realms was like, you like it was actually a cool interaction. Like, oh yeah, here's this orc who's an iron jaw. He's a brute, and he like. Like the the continuum between uh, between Iron Jaws and Bone Split is was actually like like you give up on life and you're like fuck it death ride and you're like oh okay so this is like how like Bone Split is is the end game for orcs like these are the orcs who like they basically became orc slayers that's cool all right hey cool they gave some life to Bone Splitters I wonder what they're gonna do with this man he's hearing the drums of Gorka Morka dude something cool is gonna happen. And it's like, actually, no, that was just uh, Kragnos uh, knocking at the door. You know what would have been great if we'd had, like, uh, a ten-foot-tall, ripped, and you can you can even make him bone splitters only, I don't care, naked gawk appear. 
Like Gork basically appears. He he's he's with Bone Splitters because they're all channeling the spirit of the war to even have him present. Yeah, it's like super know? primal, right? Like, and, like the Iron Jaws are just there in awe. You know, like they they want to show off to him, but it's the Bone Splitters who summoned him. You know, yeah, that would be amazing. But instead. Yeah. We got uh, what's his name? Is it Garros Felhoof from uh, Warhammer Fantasy, but made like six times bigger? Uh, and uh, was, he... that, was that the name Centagor? Yeah, mm. yeah, it was. I it looks it, suspiciously like Kragnos. See, like they could easily make like Gordrak a six hundred sixty point, seven hundred, eight hundred point model. He's supposed to be the one that leads the entire Great Wall of all of the things, and he's made from, like, the knuckle bone of, like, Gorkamorka from punching all the god beasts or whatever. That's a, the total orky backstory for your orc god thing, right? Like, it's perfect. Like, it, 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 like it would align him with being a Marathi-type character. Yeah, like... Right? Dude, like... like if we're going to say the Maw Crusher is punchy, Gordrak should be, like, the punchiest. Yes. Like, like, all right, if I'm taking this guy, I'm going all in. That dude's getting stuck in and murdering everything. The problem is, he only has a four-up save. He ain't survive it. He doesn't have a ward save. He definitely ain't survive it. Um, he doesn't even take buffs super well, because, like, well, it's, if it's, you uh, take him, you're probably not taking a second Maw Crusher, so now you're leaving the mount trade on the table. Yeah. And his axes weren't interacting with uh, the war chanters either, I, which is absurd. I, I right? want that's, that's why I said the, that more those mortal wounds should scale up with his damage. You well, get him to damage three or damage four somehow, make him do four mortal wounds. Who cares? It's right. Gordrak. Yeah, Gordrak. I, I I would like I would like to see them. It's 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 a very similar consonance to it, but like Gotrick, I would like to see them take what they kind of did with Godric and just like apply that template to Godric or Godrak. Take Godrak's defensive tech and give me that as offensive tech for Godrak. <laughs> yes! Yes! Like, why isn't he piling in twice if he kills a thing, like getting a free smash and bashing, right? Like, Dude, that'd be great. If he could smash him, if, if he triggers smashing and bashing, he can choose himself to pile in again. Yes! Yes. Right? Like he gets like because why I don't know like I I don't I, I don't want to harsh on like on on a uh, Gotra because I I like where they went with him he just doesn't cost the right amount that's basic but like Gotra why isn't he that punchy and by the way like I would love for him to have a native like midnight cloak or cloak of midnight you can't shoot him unless you're within twelve inches like unless you're in the danger zone to fuck with that smashy bashy bastard you know like, like you, you don't can... you can stay on the four up safe. Sure, and like he should have a six-up save. Like uh, there should be a god package. Like can, all the like, all the faction gods have a six-up invulnerable save, or uh, uh, sorry, a six-up after save, and can't be handed dusted or slain outright. Okay, every god model that we've determined is like a leader of a faction or is a god type, Godric, Alariel, like any any one of them. They all can't be slain outright. Have a six-up ward save. Okay, that's the that is the god package, and they all count as a general. Uh, for purposes of uh, double jennies, that yeah. is the god package. You get that all. You are a god thing. 
like you know, give it. Every one of them has it, and then from there, you you figure out what makes them the most version of their army that that can possibly be, right? So I cut you off a few times there, vanilla sauce. I want to see a strength from victory activate twice every time I kill a unit. I want to see war chanter buff on him do double the effect. You know, like just make him. You don't even have to improve his war scroll much. Just make him take double the buffs that a normal mega boss does. You know, he's supposed to be better than every other mega boss. So yeah. like Big Teeth is the best Mar Crusher. Yeah. So uh, so like when a war chanter pumps him up, he gets really pumped up, you know, rather than plus one damage, he gets plus two damage. Yeah. You know? And that that by doing it that way, for example, you would have an inbuilt oh god switch where the shooting army which can't deal with it just shoots the blooming war chanter off the table, you know? Mm-hmm. Suddenly it's gone. Mm-hmm. You've you've teed him down. The, the counterplay is already in there, right? Like the counterplay is is inherent, and if you got hit by all that, you kind of had it coming, right? Like <laughs> if you didn't chaff him or you didn't deal with the buff pieces, you had it coming. And it, again, if if you cost him correctly, like we make him OP. This now went from enhancing the artifacts, by the way, to enhancing a uh, Godrak because we should. Um, like if you make him cost you know, another 100, 200 points. But you give him all of that extra shit to make him feel like the orkiest, badassiest orc on a Maw Crusher that could exist, it feels right. You know, like, uh, this is, like, I, I don't like the line of thought where, like, there's a couple of problematic named characters in the game, Marathi. Like, and it, depending on the version, like, in Nagash for a spell there at the beginning of 2.0 because there just wasn't enough stuff to deal with Nagash in, in the beginning part of uh, 2.0. As it went on, like, it was it was fine. Um, but, like, we have these, like, we have these, like, things where we just, like, seem to, like, hyper-fixate on it and, like, not see the, the problem for the full breadth of what it is, which is, like, name characters tend to suck. It's just every now and then one's good. And so, like, we need to have some sort of package of making named stuff sweet. You know, like, and I think uniqueness and, like, and focusing in on what the identity of the army is or what the identity of the faction is, is is how you really key in on the right stuff and, and amp it up. Like, you can even take away, like, make their command abilities worse than the generic thing's command ability. Like, I've seen some design space go that direction for a little while, and I'm like, I'm actually kind of getting becoming okay with that, provided the model itself slaps shit as hard as it should. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it is as sweet as it is. Because it's a god showing up to the... Like, I like the, like, Hercules, Xena Warrior Princess vibe of this game. Where, like, it is actual gods, like, fucking around with each other. And, like, there's this, like... They're actively trying to, like, ruin or control the world, you know? Like, on a long enough timeline, like, yeah, you're gonna see your god. Like, fucking with your random-ass village somewhere over there in the distance. Because it's... You know that they're they're all vying for power actively. They're warring over these eight points. Like all the stuff is actively going on in the world right now. That's cool. Make it feel that cool. And then also like you know have the snowflake power for like my random army that I make that doesn't use the god stuff because like I'm clever and I you know retool and I find the right combo stacking. But on the tin in the package, the unique named thing should be just excellent. Sorry. No, very well said. You, uh, you're right on. 
Um, and then Wallor Joel calling me out here. Meth been using a lot of 40k terms this stream. What's going on? Uh, so what you don't know is that like um, I, uh, I I started with Warhammer Fantasy Battle, but the bulk of my competitive play for a while there was 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 40k, and so a lot of 40k terms got in my brain pan, and they're like my the reason I pronounce Nagash. Uh, as Nagash sometimes is because in a vacuum, learning how to read his name, I pronounced it as Nagash, uh, and then like that pronunciation got in my brain. So even as other people taught me the correct way was Nagash, I still accidentally sometimes default back to the way I I learned it. Um, you know, uh, army books weren't called uh, battle tomes as the nomenclature didn't exist. You had an army book. But then they gave a clever name to 40k stuff, Codex. So we started calling our fantasy stuff Codexes, and still we got them to become known as Battletoms. And so I have to unlearn... I had to unlearn that Codex wasn't the name for the thing. I'm not going into it. Fuck you, buddy. I don't like 40k. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were, on the, we were on the final soapbox. We got talking about Godrak. Uh, um... I think it's a damn shame he's not better. I just think it's a damn shame. It's like when I look at Alariel and I'm like, eh, she's got a little bit more juice now. It's a damn shame every time the named character isn't as sweet as it should be. And it feels... I don't know. It just it just, it just doesn't feel right. It feels like when I went back and said, like, you know, oh, I like that mod. Mod looks sweet as hell. And you're like... Oh. Like, you know, you're just like, oh. How do you break it to him that that mouse going to spend the majority of time on a shelf, you know, and, and no one likes putting their mouse on their shelf. Like when Slanesh got really good and I, I was like, Oh man, it's a feel bad's army because now I crush everyone to the shelf. It goes because now it's actually too good. And we have armies that are just way too bad. And Lordrak's been bad for so long that it, he's not just not on my shelf. I took him apart. Oof. I, see, I built my initial Maw Crusher as Godrak, um, because like I built him all as the name character, and no one knows what the name characters look like anyways, yep. so I'd like, yeah, just run him as the generic version. You're yep. not going to notice. Yep. You you tell me this isn't the god character. You don't know. Yeah, Lalkavai, um, or Vangorian Lord. You build the Lalkavai and just run it as the Van uh, 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 Vangorian Lord. It's fine. I, uh, exactly. Yeah. Like you... That's what I do if I got into it. Yep, Godrak, you, you build Godrak and run it as Maw Crusher. Like, that's how you do. Um, it's a shame that it's that way, though, right? Like, it, it just feels cheap. Like, I don't know. Uh, Vordry is weird, because the difference between Vordry and a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon is one's bald and one has a helmet. That's it. I'd never know the difference. Yeah, no one if you, would. If you, it, now, if you ran two of them next to each other and they both look like the same, like, that one's Vordry, like... Mm. Is it? I, yeah. I, I was playing on uh, one of the locals' YouTube channels, uh, Saga of Dice, and um, I'm not sure if it's caught on camera, but I was picking out which one to fight uh, whilst he was playing Soulblight, and he had a he had Vordry and he had a Vampire Lord, and I was there like, oh, I'm going to fight Vordry, and I pointed at the model, and he goes, that's the Vampire Lord. I'm like, oh. Mm. Mm. I just picked the one that I thought was the cooler-looking model and assumed that was the name character, you know? It's usually how it is, though. The cooler model is the named variant. It's only a rare... Now, granted, Vordry literally what came about when they did... Uh, 
Legions of Nagash? Is that when the Vordroy was actually created? Because he wasn't there beforehand. They just they they made a character whole cloth out of them. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right. Like, I'm 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 going. I'm trying to cast my because uh, it was like two months, three months. It was like four. It was like a season. I'm trying to think between when I got into to Warhammer, like Legion of Nagash didn't exist. It was um, I was Grand Alliance Death, right? It was like how I I got onto it. Um, and I ran a, a vampire lord on zombie dragon, and Nagash was like kind of like my first list because I'm like I could do both, and if I if I buy a unit of ghouls. Because they were like dirt cheap and like skeletons, and I I could like do it, and so I'm like yeah, of course I'm gonna run like the big sweet crap. Um, and then Vordry came out in LON, and I'm like I'm gonna run Vordry and a Vlazda, and that's when like my double dragon jokes all started happening. Um, I think you're right because he seemed cool, and his whole thing is like he gets chained to a castle as a curse, and the, oh, this fucking metal. Um, but like he was woefully underrepresented and doesn't really exist. Castellai Dynasty feels like they're trying to like really amp up Vordry as a real thing that is really real in the universe, though. And so, like, let's go. They need more of that. They they need more. They need a lot more like past the glory like narrative. Vor, like, Vordry they... was definitely not a fantasy dude. There might have been some like corner case stories that mentioned him in Age of Sigmar, but he was not a fantasy dude to my knowledge. He is Vordry is not a fantasy dude. Um, I mean, you got your von, von Karsteins, you got Aberash. I think Vordry was supposed to kind of take Aberash's place in 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 in, in AOS because he's still around, right? He's the progenitor of Flesh Eater Courts, right? That's uh, old. Uh, what's his name? Old Sharan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but he's also still around. He was one of the like few guys actually brought forward right well like like that's that's one of the like we've got nine nagash has nine mortarks i'm just waiting for them to announce like like Osharan as like one of the mortarks like mortark of the feast right and now you have your flesh eater courts like mortark like why doesn't that model exist like you know we're they 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 done fucked up with uh, some of the death rollouts. Like, you, you talk about how, like, Destruction are NPCs. Like, we did have the big boss NPC for a little bit there with the Soul Wars of Nagash, and they were hinging a lot of the plot. But in the grand totality of how long Warhammer has been around with its fantasy IPs, Nagash took a backseat for a while, showed up for the, the end times, and then Soul Wars, they wrote him in as, like, kind of the bad guy. But because they had this, like, big bad evil guy singular character... Everything else was a jobber around him to build up to the big bad evil guy character. And we're still sitting here with only four armies. Like, every, like it's the thinnest Grand Alliance. I, I bet. We're down, down to four armies now, aren't we? Because they keep merging all up. Well, you have, a, you have a soup, but like Bone Splitters. Bone Splitters. Um, I mean, you, you keep getting souped. Like, yeah. Like you have four books, but you have more than four armies. I I guess is, you know. Yeah, and how do we yeah. split hairs? How do we split hairs? Do we split hairs over books or armies? I was just trolling you. No, yeah, no, or, no, or, no, no, no. I'm asking. I'm asking sincerely. I'm asking sincerely. Like, do uh, we split hairs over books or like, or factions or armies? Like, I I would do it by uh, unique aesthetic personally. Unique aesthetic. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So like, I'd give orcs. Three, you could argue four. 
with uh, Big Wah. Um, you know, Giants are its own. Ogres I, are two. Gloom Spike it, gets is the, everything in the kitchen sink. I mean, that's the most soup it gets, right? Gloom, GSG is the most soup. I mean, oh, and, and it's so soup. Yeah, it's so disparate for me. That's that's actually the, for me the biggest reason I was upset at Kragnos when he came out. Um, it's that Destruction has so many amazing aesthetics, like loads of different themes. You've got Iron Jaws, you've got Naked Savage Orcs, you know, you've got the new Cruel Boys, you've got you've got Gits with their Trogs, the Spiders, all that sort of thing. And then we just had a guy turn up who had none of this. And, and it's just a singular model. Like it, For me, his biggest crime is that he's a singular model. If you said to me, hey, here's Kragnos, he's a new god for destruction, and by the way, here's his entire badass centaur army that's going to charge you down, I'd have gone, yeah, I'm in. Um, but, you know, with him not matching the aesthetic of any of my armies, I'm just not interested. Yeah, the I shield looks it, a little it, bit like Cruel Boys, doesn't it? Like the shield's got some iconography with uh, Cruel Boys. No, no, it, it honestly reminded me of like a dwarf shield. Yeah, in the lore, they they were saying that oh, the Cruel Boys stuff is modeled on what they think Ragnos looks like, having never seen him. It's like okay, they just. In fact, when you see the actual model, you're there like, well, actually, the shields match the faces of the arc that's holding it, um, as if yep. there's scarier face of them it, yeah it that seems not... like that seems like some so they're trying to like write themselves into an explanation yeah. right like put in after the fact right yeah. and to, to kind of build on his point like here here's one of my gut rippers if i hold him just one way you can't see him anymore why he's hiding behind the shield like he's putting his shield face in front of himself because you're not supposed to see him you're supposed to see the shield and go, fuck, that's scary. What great uh, design, by the way. Like, really good, like, use of the space, right? I mean, it, yeah. good model. Some of the uh, some of these Gut Rippers models, the uh, the poses that you get with them are just beautiful. Mm. Uh, I dislike the one guy who decides that he needs to shove a spear all the way outside and actually be like... Yeah, the one where oh, the spear oh, is lower than the base. Yeah, like, mm, don't like that one, but the rest of them are good. Uh, putting him slightly on a rock so he stood like off angle like this, and the spear still touches the the mat of the table past his base. Hmm. Like, there's just no save in it. Like that that pose is a bit daft, but like that one in particular, like you just picked up, I love that one. Like, because he's like lifting up the shield, you're distracted by the scary face, and if you look, the spear's just below it, like he's gonna jab you with it while you're distracted. Well, good motion to it. Um, I love what's going on in Shack Gang here right now. Um, uh, Kragno's shield is a little zinchy to me. Hang on, I'll come back to that. Uh, and hey, I've got that gut rep right next to me, so you know, based. Um, it's a good gut ripper. Yeah. Um. So Kragno's shield a little zinchy to me. They've got their themselves an out then, if that is true. Because they can be like, this is a Zinch ploy just as planned, and remove him from destruction. <laughs> and he can go straight into chaos where he's supposed to be. Right! Right, like with, with was, Beast of Chaos. My, 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 beast of, my Beast of Chaos friend goes, man, I hate that you got a new Centigore. Mm -hmm. And you didn't even want it. It's like, he doesn't fit any of my armies. 
Centigors, I remember, like, when the Beast of Chaos groups, like, we were looking at, like, how cheap and how fast we could make Centigors go. And basically the whole point was to, like, throw, like basically pin an army and outside of Foria with, like, just these blazing fast, like, 100-inch moving Centigors where we just take, like, 10 of them and just go like this. And then, like, just outside of, like, we're going to go first because we're a one-drop army because we're Beast of Chaos. Uh, we have a, a million awesome battalions. We're going to be one-drop. We're going to outdrop you. And the whole point was to, like, go, and just, like, throw out, like, these idiot centigors, and they're just, like, outside of for you, so you're pinned and deployed, and just do some, like, bonkers stupid crap. It was uh, actually, so at that same Adepticon that Slash got announced and my friend ran BC Cast, he quibbled over, like, the last hundred points. I was like, take the centigors. Well, why? I'm like, well, they're like gores, but they're three times faster. And so our very first game, we actually faced uh, Nathan Prescott of the Honest War Gamer and his friend. They were both playing double gets. Well, actually, how they played was they had to do gets and they had to do uh, grand lines. I, I have played out. against Nathan. Um, and so um, great, great game, great game. But it came down to like, oh, well, this could be really like, uh, this could go either way. Oh, wait a minute. Centigors, Nera Shaman, moving 17. Plus this, and they can run in charge. Like, shot across the board, tagged a Gitz unit that I destroyed uh, with some fiends, and it's like, oh, got the point. And, like, they couldn't catch up at that point. Like, those Centigors won us the game hands down. Yeah. And they sat there and did nothing for three rounds, and then round four shot across the board and captured. Yeah, that's... that's that, you call it a keep-back unit, right? Like, um, yeah, no, there, there's some, like, crazy shit. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not, like, mad at the Kragnos, like, thing, the War Scroll and how it exists, especially, like, with the, the retooling. Like, for me, Kragnos felt like the only winner of the gods that got touched in the, in the what do they call it, the balance update. Like, Kragnos was the only winner. Archeon uh, uh, and Nagash are both losers. Marathi also won, but, like, in a way that, like, we all lost. Because she just got a net buff and no points adjustments by becoming like a knowing all allegiance ability spells. Oh, hey, we talked about our like our god models things. You know all your allegiance spells: uh, immune to death, ward save, double jennies. You know all your uh, book spells. That's fine. That's, that's that, reasonable. Yeah, all that shit. Like that's just that's just part of your kit. You all foot get that. Named, a foot named hero. Um, for me, I would say that they get a ward save. I would make it so that they can be slain. However, I would again steal from 40k and I would take their version of Lookout, sir, which is you can't be targeted at all whilst you are near a unit of infantry. Hmm. I would say only for named, but only because I do remember Vince talking about that. Do you hate Seraphon now? Wait till you can't target Skinks. Yeah, uh, specifically named. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, yeah, sorry. I, I missed that. Then. We were talking about that package, you know? Like uh, oh, for oh, the package yeah. foot heroes. Got it. Got yeah. It. So, the, so for the named foot heroes, I would go, hey, you can't be targeted. You know, like that's your big claim to fame is you're a cool foot hero. Like, uh, what what is he for Luminaf? Uh, the light of Alfarian or something like that. Yep. Yeah, you got light of Alfarian. You got the one dude on um the like, llama cat. He looks he looks like a fantastic model. If we just made him. Like I get that he he's pretty scary if he eventually gets into combat, 
will then make him able to get into combat, make him completely untargetable whilst he's next to some Luminef friends. Yeah. Um, you know? Kernigan, to clarify, Marathi won, but we all lost, so I don't consider that a win. Kragnos won. That Kragnos won the 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 god patches. Um, what, he lost he lost a dumb rule that actually just got better. Yeah, it was like what only he get the three d six charge against Draconists or like cool five models in the game he's good against. Whoop the oh never mind actually everyone in twelve inches of him just Chad charges in, in, like, yeah including him. Oh yeah, he yeah. always has the three d six charge. Yeah, and that's where it should be. Yeah, that's no, great. Should, Half his war scrolls and uh, rules and put them straight on Gordrak. That mace, that's one of Gordrak's axes. Take that that shield off him so he has no magic protection. Give him a second mace. Um, that three d six charge, yeah, that's Gordrak charging into combat, leading the way for his army. I agree. The roar that does mortal wounds, yeah, that's Gordrak getting pissed off. You know, I, I, I would go so far for Gordrak's teeth hitting you on the charge. You're Gordrax making is... me mad by contact <laughs> right now. Go, go, you are an orc player. Go, go on, Karnith. I cut you off. Sorry, sorry. No, it's my bad. Uh, like Gordrax's destructive bulk should be able to target monsters. Like yep. big, big teeth should smash other monsters. Like it ain't gonna do no thirty-six mortal wounds that Kratos could do on a on his best day. But like. He should be able to like D three plus four mortal wound another monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying you guys got me contact angry. I feel like Kragnos and destruction is wrong because you like half his rules... every destruction player knew that too. Well, and this this comes back to this comes back to the people who I like I defer to. Like you're not always the most correct about your army, by the way. Like you're like you're you're too close to it in some respects. But, like, in terms of the design side, the difference between design and development, right? Design versus development. This is something I want to hammer into people's heads. Um, Like, sometimes you're too close to your own army to, like, see its flaws or to have, like, a, a better judgment. But, by the way, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I want someone who's biased in favor of the army to be in charge of the shot calls for the army, at least at a, a, a pure inception point, right? Like... I want somebody who loves the army and like knows the army and plays the army and like I want them to, their imaginations and their the the their fire their passion I want that this is like having a vegan cook a steak okay like I'm sure a vegan makes hella great food and that they can like learn the like nuances to like f- to steak cookery from like a book and like they can make a pretty competent steak. But like if you don't fucking love steak, are you going to make the best steak? You know what I'm saying? Like if you take like and again, I'm not harsh on vegans, that's not the point here. Like if you don't like actually have a taste for the army and love the army and want to like cook the army, I want a steak right now. Um <laughs> like if you don't actually like what we that if you don't start from that place of supreme passion and interest and love of the thing, you're not going to distill it down to its best version. You're going to start with like a, a kind of like you're going to start from someplace in between and you're going to distill that down to something not the best. Sorry. 
as much as I hate Kragnos, I don't get why people are so keen to kick him out of destruction. Honestly, fuck BOC. Ouch. Kragnos doesn't look like them, and he belongs in destruction. I, I, I don't know. Imagine Kragnos being the leader of LRL. I don't know. I, I, you know what? Uh, Kragnos can stay if they do the incredibly wrong thing and move Beast of Chaos into destruction, because then he'll match something. If they made Beast of Chaos into Beast of Destruction, I, I will buy Beast of Chaos in a heartbeat. I hate you both. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I have to say, I shouldn't do that. Beast of Chaos are a Chaos faction. Nope. They really? stay there. I want Minotaurs. Like, Minotaurs would be amazing as a destruction unit. Like, they just, they scream destruction as it is. You know that Gorgon? I would love them. You know, you, you're there saying how bad he is. Well, me as a destruction player, I would love it and cherish it. Also, just to address Hades, Kragnos doesn't even take over destruction. He fights he fights uh, Godrak, and Godrak's like, you're good enough. Like, he doesn't even hand it over. Like, they just trick Kragnos into thinking he's the leader. It, it's, it's, it's not good writing. I don't, I don't mind Kragnos being in destruction, by the way. This isn't, this shouldn't be the overriding take people take from it. It's that Godrak should be the feature piece, not Kragnos. That's my main, that's my main, like, take to, 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 to get across. Godrak has, like, pretty epic backstory, like Knuckle of Gork and all that shit, right? Like, like, and he's the one who actually united the, 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 the Great Wall and surprise and supposedly can get all of destruction behind him, like, including the Mega Gargans. Like, his whole shtick is, like, in the, in, like, you could have a Grand Alliance Godrak, right? Like, that's his whole fucking thing. I think part of the vitriol against Kragnos from Destruction players as well is the fact that it's Kragnos was put in right at the peak of Godrak's storyline. Like, he's about to crack Excelsis with, like, this god-beast's ram thing. You know, this is the peak of Godrak. And Kragnos walks in. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's that and... Man, what does destruction? What is destruction full of? Oh, big stompy monsters. What's Kragnos? Another big stompy monster. Where does he fit? Does he like? Does he fit into an army? No, he doesn't really do that either. Can he benefit from anything? Nope. If it says a friendly model, actually, Kragnos is like essentially says no. He will not take that buff. And it's just like, so what do we do with them? Yeah, it's not like you look at Archeon and he's like, what does he do? Well, up until they had to change him in the coalition rules because he was so bonkers, he does everything for every god faction. And, like, he should. Now, granted, you need to scale it back. Yes, double six destiny dice on, on the sword. Maybe out of bounds. But, 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 but they fixed that by addressing Zinch. That was the thing, is, like, the problem wasn't Archeon himself, it was other things that Archeon could absorb, and they, they in this same combat patch or game patch, they addressed the problems with him, and then they went too far. That's my problem with, like, how they addressed Archeon. I'm not an Archeon fan, mind you. Like, I think Archeon's model is the most overrated model in Age of Sigmar. I have a bunch of negative shit to say about Archeon, and I'm gonna lose a bunch of followers because of it. I... I think he's a fucking Mary Sue. Uh, I think he's a hypocrite. 
His whole, like, uh, I'm turbo atheism in a universe where you know gods exist is, like, kind of stupid. And the fact that he actually, like, absorbs the god buffs and is, like, A-okay with taking them is... Honestly, it'd be way cooler if he was just a mortal dude. And he gave a middle finger to all the gods and didn't take their buffs and did, like, awesome shit. That's way cooler than the fucking Mary Sue hypocrite, like, chode that he is with all of his infinite plot armor. I have, like, very negative things to say about Archeon. But he got done dirty. The problem with Archeon wasn't Archeon. Was Archeon in Corner problem? Was Archeon in Slanesha problem? Was Archeon in Nurgle a problem? Like, I'm asking you guys not rhetorically, was he? He wasn't. God, no. No! It was only a problem in Zinch. So address the problems in Zinch. And then they did. And then they went too far. And and that's... As a guy who doesn't like Archeon, being able to see that and point that out, I think that's worth... I think that's worth its weight in gold. I'm not an Archeon fan, and I'm like, this is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, like, Nagash is the leader of death, so let Nagash be Nagash in every single death army. No, he can't anymore. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, like, you know, the, 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 the god of death doesn't have his own death save, nor is he immune to a death, ability, uh, uh, death abilities. I've got to say, like, when we were in that sort of period where we had, you know, Archeon, like, leading uh, Chaos, and he just worked in all the Chaos factions, except Skaven, um, I, uh, I really appreciated that Nagash sort of worked in the death factions, except Flesh Eater Courts, because there was something in the lore about how, like, he couldn't quite control them properly. Right. Because they were just a bit too savage. No. And I really appreciated that. Like, I love the idea that you have a god that unifies your entire Grand Alliance, but there's, like, the stepchild that they can't quite control, you know? Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a cool story thing to play on. Yeah, but now they undermine it all. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's it's funny because like the the way I've been I've been putting it to everybody is Nagash got nerfed, but Flesh Eater Courts and Night Hunt got buffed. Um, is like how I'm kind of putting it because like you have these people who like never played Nagash, um, and 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 this is a core theme of tonight. Now it's it's just it just keeps coming up. The people who came up with the changes to Nagash and the people who came up with the with the, with the changes to Archeon, I don't think they were people passionate about playing those pieces. They were outsiders with a task to like address them and they probably did it fine within the, the within the design constraints that they were given by uh the development team or whatever. Like they addressed the problems that that people identified in the community that were problems and they and they maybe over addressed them and so on and so forth. But like if you played Nagash, if you if you understood the lore even that you as not a death player, I don't think you have a you own a single death army vanilla sauce. You like the... What's that? I sold it. I used to... But, like, you, you identified, like, one of the cool things about, about Flesh Eater Courts was that Nagash didn't control them, and now he can go in their army. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, you've undermined, like, this kind of cool thing about Flesh Eater Courts. Like... Well, the reason I knew that about Flesh Eater Courts was because the death army I did own was Flesh Eater Courts. And I, I got... Um, so I know that everyone was happy initially when they got the new book, but I played a very heavy flayers list 
And sort of like you had the Slanesh problem, I was experiencing a fleshy Eater problem. Not because of like Gristle Gore murdering people with the double fight thing that everyone else was having a problem with. My friends were having issues with me bringing like 20, 20 odd 30 flayers to a, to a battle and mortal wounding them off the table before they even take a turn. Like, because like somebody might have gone, oh, I decided to bring beasts of chaos. And I'm like, oh, they're bravery four, are they? And each one of my screams is the difference in in uh, the value of my two d six minus two versus your bravery four minus three because of my stacking stuff. <laughs> so yeah, Daka does really want to make that army. Man, this has been the longest final soapbox ever. Yeah, <laughs> Karnith, you haven't talked for a while, man. Any any summarizing thoughts? Oh no, uh, I think we, I think we said everything that we had to say, and then some, and then some again, and then some more. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I've uh, sorry. I, uh, I I'm usually w- like winding down about nearly forty minutes ago, so I'm just kind of like I'm just, I'm vibing. I no, you tough. Like honestly, man. Like um. We have like a we have a light rapport, and you came on here, man, and you crushed it. So, so thank you so much. This is this is really awesome. You have really good thoughts on there. Um, I'm told that you're very passionate about Slanesh, So, if there's a great enhancing about Slanesh, I might need oh, to go. Please, <sighs> please, please consider me. if you, if you have anyone on for Slanesh, I would love to be a part of it. If it's well, how do we just even freaking fix Slanesh? Like that army's got a lot of work to be done to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to make it them, just to make it me again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know if you if you want to like drop your your Twitter handle or 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 shout out any like content you enjoy or if you want to do any of that right now. Uh, um, all right, so always watch Halo, watch them on the weekends, support the waifus. Um, <laughs> uh, always watch Warhammer Weekly. Um, here, let me you can throw I can throw my extremely non bore my pretty boring Twitter. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, should, Skaven should be their own thing. Look, look at the like. I love the can of worms that opened up from like these hot takes at the end of the night. By the way, like Chat Gang is just like popping off. Um. So yeah, um, yeah. So uh, w- w- what is your Twitter? Uh, there it is. Uh, at Carneth uh, three. So. Because I think I had made a joke account way early on, and for didn't want to put one. <laughs> Fair enough. Vanilla Sauce, final soapbox, man. The final, final soapbox. Uh, you know, anything we missed, any summarizing thoughts, uh, anything like that, and anything you want to shout out, shout out or put on blast? It's, uh, it's just about just changing the mindset to raising things up instead of pushing them down. Right on. And that's like my big moment for that. Um, the uh, content that I've been watching and participating in that I would shout out is, uh, I mentioned it briefly before, uh, one of the locals is doing a battle report channel um, called Saga of Dice, uh, which I will try to get a link for to put into uh, this, uh, uh, Twitch, if I can. Yeah, yeah so Saga of Dice... Um, you, you're uh, you're doing some of the, and they do they have some pretty decent um, um, production value uh, from what I've I've seen. Um. Yeah, it's um, so just due to COVID and that it tends to be um, Rob, who's the person who runs the channel, versus other people. Um, just to you know, you don't want too many people in a room for 
three or four hours whilst you're filming. Um, but yeah, we're trying to get some variety of armies onto the channel. So uh, particularly he loves playing Skaven. So I know that recently he put thing, something like a, a Skaven Civil War up, where it's literally him playing Skaven v Skaven, which I know we don't usually see these sorts of matchups in, um, in battle reports. And he has gone for like the the sort of higher end production value that you can go for, um, and tried to make sure that it's you know we can see the table properly and mm-hmm. and it's edited down so that we don't drag out games too much, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, good, good editing, good, good like just a good like I said, good production value to it. So there you get Vanilla Sauce got uh, got that link in there. Uh, I will of course add these links to the down there part uh, for anyone checking uh, the VOD later on. Um, and uh, we'll go ahead and add your artifacts and enhancements, your enhancination, uh, to the master document, which has uh, the corn enhancinations and the Soulblood Gravelord enhancinations. Uh, the next great enhancing is Sylvaneth. Uh, next week is uh, an episode that two of you will watch in the entirety of Chat Gang, which is finally I'm doing the rest, the wrestling cast. I've got former ECW star Big Sal. On uh, we're gonna like a literal uh, uh, wrestling star. Uh, on I'm gonna be doing a podcast. Uh, apparently, he's a huge nerd, uh, particularly an RPG nerd. So we're gonna talk about some RPGs and wrestling uh, for really reals. Uh, but then following that, we come back with Sylvaneth. Um, you won't offend me if you don't want to like force yourself to watch a show about wrestling. It's all right. Um, there's just some very passionate people in the community. Um, so then after that, we're gonna do um, we're gonna do Sylvaneth, great enhancing of Sylvaneth, and uh, uh, and then I need to apparently make a poll for the next two three enhancings people want to see in the month of February. The uh, the gimme enhancings for Sylvaneth would be uh, the battle line ones. Mm. If one of, one of your show people hasn't already done it, um, I'm not sure if they can be, but Kenoff uh, Hunters should be battle line somehow. Yeah, like. Uh... Sorry, Sylvanoth uh, players. We already took your first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's such a, it's such a good idea. It has to be done. Yeah. Oh, Skaven Daka does uh, all day. He dreams about Skaven, saying Skaven needs to be one coming up. Um, I I think um I'm gonna allow these uh are uh the the Tome Celestials to uh sort of uh. Clear out. So the the fear is that I do one of these great enhancings, and then like a new book comes out for an army, and this these episodes are instantly useless, right? Um, I don't think they're useless. I think that the actual insights to design are very very important. I think that's the most important part of these whole shows. Not necessarily like the literal artifacts we come up with, but like the the method the methodology and the mentality of of where we're at. So that's the great enhancing. This is the great enhancing, um, gentlemen. Thank you both for coming on tonight. This has been excellent. Um, a very productive three and a half hours. Oh, if we had we could have crushed this an hour and a half, and then it was just an hour and a half of random other stuff, and I personally would have it no other way. <laughs> so thank you both so much, Chat Gang. You are the show within the show. The reason I do this thing. Remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes, be excellent to yourselves and each other. I'll catch you next time. Good night, gentlemen. Good night. Good night.